Alright, cheers, boy. Cheers. To a, to a, are we going to talk about how we haven't done an episode in a year? That'll be the intro. <laughs> so, um, I know when people are looking for podcasts, they want, you know, consistent uploads, consistent formats, consistent audio. And to that I say, uh, each and every one of you who wants that, go f*** yourself. Uh, don't listen to this podcast. Well, I mean, you can listen to this podcast. No, f*** don't listen to it a year ago. Find find a podcast with a less mentally ill host. <laughs> <laughs> Fully sick. Oh my god, I'm so cool. All I know is I've been doing that show for 337 episodes, so I must be doing something right. And and what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? I'm hosting a goddamn national television show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the PG Wrestling Retrospective, an in-depth exploration of wrestling's least celebrated era. With, like, me, I'm Lewis, and here is my friend, Jay Smoove. Yeah! A.K.A. <laughs> AKA Jack. Dives. Oh, no, it was great in the, like, last yeah, episode. You said, you said your name, like, Jack. Jack. <laughs> and then you put my government name out there. Your, oh, your government name, shit. And today... Under the stars with a bunch of cascade draft. Fuck, I love Cassie D's. We are here to talk about No Way Out 2009. Yeah. Fucking finally took us long enough, right? Right. The pay per view that would eventually become the Elimination Chamber. And it might as well be the Elimination Chamber. Because guess what? There's there fucking are, two of them. There's two Elimination Chamber matches on the card. I mean, I like No Way Out's a much cooler name than Elimination oh, yeah, Chamber. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why they kind of brought it back. Alright, so. Live from the Key Arena in Seattle, Washington, with approximately 11,200 in attendance. Ooh, breaking with, them records. With 272,000 pay-per-view buyers. However, last year, No Way Out 2008 had 329,000 approximate buys, and it was from the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Ooh. And guess how much that in attendance? Pretend you didn't read my notes. I forgot. Like 30,000. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, 15,240. Okay. You'd think you get more in Las Vegas. People are like, what, what's happening tonight? It's, it's fucking like, wrestling. Who yeah, knows? but it's the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, but it's like, again, like, they, they do the Elimination Chamber wrong. It shouldn't be, like, it should be, like, a mainstay, like, midsummer kind of pay-per-view. Like, honestly. Like uh, we we have need like a gimmick pay per view for like the middle of yeah the original. What do they have now? It's like fast lane or something. Fast lane. Yeah, that's roadblock. Trash. Road block. <laughs> trash. But like, oh, honestly, like, no way out. Like it was just like, oh, there's a cage match maybe. Like I like that more than elimination chamber. Like I remember, I think it was like 2002 or something. They had elimination chamber at SummerSlam, and I'm like, yeah, that was like the second one, wasn't it? I think it was... 2003. It was the one that Shawn Michaels won. That was Survivor Series. Was it? Yeah, the very first one. He won on the comeback 2002 Survivor Series. Okay, well, that's the best Elimination Chamber That is. It's also, like, the shortest, I think. Really? Oh, no. No, there's... Because it's got, like... There's one with, like, Goldberg and Kevin Nash and Triple H in in it and shit. Yes, no, that's the best one, where Triple H fucking beats Goldberg. It goes for 19 minutes. Really? They barely have time to get everyone out of their pods. Well, I would you know, compare, but I didn't write down any of the fucking times for these matches because <laughs> I'm an idiot. So in post, I'll, it'll just be like, and he beat him in 12-17. Well, no, 
It'll be just be around here somewhere. Hang on. Wait, you've got them? Oh, it's on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yep. Yeah. The first match. Oh, of the. Oh, well, we're gonna talk about the opening the package. The pre-show. No. <laughs> the no. pre-show was Melina beating Beth Phoenix for the championship. By the way. Oh fuck off! Why couldn't that be on the main card? Because there were two elimination chamber matches, and they had to make room for the Jack Swagger match we see later. That match is pretty hype. Um, all right. Anyway, so the opening package. From inside a sun burns a fury driven by the anger haunted by the images on this night the legend killer some payback and I'm gonna get it. As the sun becomes Avenger. I hired you to get me to WrestleMania as world champion. You failed me. And I have in mind right now to release you from your contract. Is that what you want? What I want is to kick your teeth down your throat. I'll make you a proposal. You versus me. Had no way out. If you beat me, I will pay you everything I owe you. But if I win, I own the Heartbreak Kid. I own Shawn Michaels. And you work for me for the rest of your life. You bring your wife because I want your wife to witness firsthand what a broken, battered old man her husband has become. It's all or nothing. The most brutal structure ever created holds the fate of two champions. John Cena will defend his World Heavyweight Championship. Edge will defend his WWE Championship. Both are in for the fight of their lives. John Cena, the champ now, but will he remain the champion? There may be literally no way out for the WWE Champion. For those men, the road to WrestleMania goes through no way. Much like Jesus Christ, Shane McMahon has returned. He the, has. For the first, what, first time, I think. They say, well, they start talking about Randy, right? Because yeah, Randy's like the The big... legend killer becomes the hunted. When they said that, I thought they were going to say, say the legend, legend killer, killer becomes, becomes the, the legend. Obviously. And they're like, the legend killer becomes the dot 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 hunted? Why wouldn't you say, like, the hunter becomes the hunted? Yeah. Or the viper becomes the hunted. Or, or was he even called the viper? Yeah. This is like peak Viper. I the feel like. apex predator becomes the prey. Like that's fucking sick. That's come the, on. definitely what they should. Don't make even me... just like the predator. Okay, so WWE in two thousand nine. Go back on the network. Dub exactly. over this. Over ten years ago. So main shit we've got is that they're building up is obviously the two chamber matches, which are just like 
Satan structure. Well, they're like building it up, but I feel like they've spent more time talking about like just Randy Orton, versus Randy Orton Shane. versus Shane and JBL versus Sean, which is they the, spend that much time. They spent a bit of time on it, but and it's the culmination of. I feel like this storyline's been going for like six months. It's been the best. Like, obviously, it's not better than Jericho, Shawn Michaels, but like to me, this is probably like the second best story that we've like encountered so far. You reckon? Oh, absolutely. Well. Think about that then, right? So Jericho, Shawn Michaels is like the best story we've encountered. Mm. And then JBL, Shawn Michaels is the second best. And next pay-per-view is literally Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Like, oh my God. Shawn Michaels was like... That's going to be a hype pay this, this period, he's... All right, we'll get to that when we get to fucking Shawn Michaels. So like, talk about like Randy and Shane and stuff. And then the voiceover is like, Shane isn't like the Avenger. And I was like, what? Shane is the original Avenger? Captain, Captain America, America McMahon. Shane McMahon in the MCU? I cannot imagine sh- like anyone but Chris Evans. Or but- Endgame. <sighs> whenever anyone... this Okay, again, we're going off topic. That's I weird for uh, fucking, whenever anyone says Endgame, right? Still haven't seen Avengers Endgame. I know what happens. I don't really give a shit that much. But whenever anyone says Endgame... I immediately think of Alex Jones because he had a documentary like years ago, a really shit documentary because it was by Alex Jones called <laughs> Endgame. Oh, really? And it's just much like his uh, mil- his movie, The Obama Deception. It is just filled with factual errors, <laughs> complete lies, complete like lies that if you think about for even one second, you're like, that just doesn't make any like. They have fucking Rand Paul on there being like, the Federal Reserve was passed by only three votes. <laughs> like, wait, explain this? They all went home for the holidays and they had a secret vote. And I'm like, that's... I don't even know... If, that's not how the fucking government works. Can you imagine if someone said that in Australia where it's like, the, the Royal Bank Inquisition passed by like three people, like in the Senate? Like... Because everyone mean, was does, home at Christmas. That does happen. Um, they don't do like secret votes or whatever, but no, no, but they people just go home. They yeah, but they at the local council. Yeah, but works. they have a system in place for it where they agree between party members for like someone who's not there, someone who's voting. Well, the they usually abstain. do that. Yeah, but one of our governing parties kind of dogged that. Oh. Uh, a while ago. Which, which party was that? The one that is governing. <laughs> oh, you mean the one that we're not getting political, but we watch Friendly Geordie, so you can know our opinions. <laughs> yeah, they kind of threw that out the window. Anyway, the road to WrestleMania is, like, got one more stop. Paved with good intentions? Paved with <laughs> Satan's pit, dog. Jesus. Alright, so we're opening things up with a fucking Elimination Chamber match. We are. Jesus Christ, it is... So this one's for the WWE, WWE Championship. It is Undertaker versus Big Show versus Vladimir Kozlov yeah. versus Triple H versus Jeff Hardy and the champion defending is Egg. Edge. The ultimate opportunist. I have here that uh, Undertaker's entrance is literally the best and immediately after I'm like, Taz is the best worst commentator <laughs> ever. I mean, I was so hyped. Like, they, they flicked to the commentators, right? And it's been a while since I watched one of these, like, retro mm. pay-per-views. So they flick, and it's JR and Taz. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> Why are you like, yeah, for Taz? <laughs> I know his shit, but it's cool. You it's know like, Taz's Taz? shit, but you're like... But it's still Taz. Taz, like, there are... Please forget about how much shit I talked about Taz in the last podcast. <laughs> oh, Taz will, like, un- will look you up on Twitter, and he'll talk shit about you. I just heard it back, and I can't believe I said that 
I don't even think of Tommy Dreamer when I think of ECW. You fucking idiot. Because I'm going to be like, Mikey Whipwreck's underrated. You're like, no, Mikey Whipwreck's the first guy I think of. And I'm like, yeah, the like year he spent there, he was champion for a couple months, he had a shit run in WCW, and came back as a pyromaniac teaming with Tajiri and the Sinister Minister. You think of Mikey fucking Whipwreck? I was even like... That Tommy Dreamer is the face of ECW, and I don't think of him when I think of ECW. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest oxymoron you. F- oh, <laughs> my god! That's fucking hilarious. All right, so Coz is still undefeated in singles competition, which is a load of bullshit. Like, it just means that he's been in a battle royale and didn't win. <laughs> oh much. no! But they can still say it after this match because this isn't a singles match. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. Well, no, spoiler alert. Maybe he's. Oh, maybe he's a WWE champion. We we would have the worst, darkest (laughs) timeline ever. The wrestling industry collapses in on itself even further than it already has. (laughs) Randy Orton picks to go to WrestleMania to versus Vladimir Kozlov. Fucking. How shit would that match be? Alright. And at this point, because I was watching on the network on PS4. It fucking buffered every 30 seconds. Oh, real? Yep. So I had to switch to my phone. How high <coughs> is the new <coughs> layout on... Oh, it's not even called, like, the network anymore on the address. It's called watch.wwe.com. Think about that. Are they going to change the name to Watch WWE? Maybe. Ooh. I feel like they're too balls deep in, like, the network tier. Well, I mean, they've been building the network brand since... They tried to launch an actual TV network and everyone made fun of them for it so hard. Oh, man. Alright. So. So, we've got uh, Undertaker. He comes mm. out. That's all good. Big Show comes out. And, alright, this is one stat I love about Big Show. That at this point in time, they say, like, every time he comes out, he's the only man to be an ECW world champion, a WWE world champion, and a WCW, uh, WCW world champion. Okay. And they talk about this like it's impressive, right? But all it means is that he bounced around promotions a lot and, like, random promoters were like, fuck his big, give him a title. Okay, but here's the thing, and I will explain why these things are quite wrong. First of all, WWE CW really doesn't count as a world title. <laughs> like, surely not. No, I don't... No, he... Oh. It's not the real ECW. Didn't he win it? In no, in, he won the WWE CW Championship. Oh, did he? Yes, oh. that's what they're talking about. Blame. And then also, anyone who says that he won the World Heavyweight title in WCW in his first match, they're fucking wrong. He Are got they? Yeah, no, his his title win was retroactively like destroyed by the commissioner because he won... Okay, so he won the match... No, I think he won the match by disqualification... Or he looked. It was against Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, no, that was the thing. You, like, you know, the famous clip of the Yeti. Yeah. That's that <laughs> match. Yeti. That's that fucking match. Jesus Christ. All right, so who's starting off? It's yeah, via Ed- DQ. What? Via DQ. Okay, you're, you're, you're the resident yeah. Jamie of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get to be Joe Rogan. I'm Joe Rogan. I, I would, you know what? I would rather not A be Joe Rogan. A week later, the giant was stripped of the title. But that doesn't mean that he didn't win the title. Really? I yeah. thought the rain was like... I thought I thought it was kind of dbrc wasn't it? No, they stripped him a week later, but they did not, like, um, Just take, like void take the title the away. fact that he won. Okay, never mind then. He won the WWE CW title. That yeah, why, why do you think he would be in ECW? I just feel like he just came across Paul Heyman's lap at some point just before he became the Giant. And no, no his, he literally... He got... 
like trained and then within like I think it was like within a month he was on WCW winning the world title okay because he was big big boy and his basketball career failed and he never worked out, and he smoked hmm. a lot. He which works I, out nowadays. Oh yeah, no, he and he got that six. Pack and he and shorty. he vapes, which is vapes, just real cool. Vape action, shorty. Can't believe Randy Orton got so much less cool when he quitted vaping. <laughs> honestly. All right, so Jeff starts beating the fuck out of Edge for like, I don't know, being an, an ultimate opportunist in the last month. Hang on, we've still got to do all the entrances. Oh, do we really have we to do, do Vladimir right, we, Kozlov's We have to do Triple H's entrance because this is hype as, right? Where he so, throws the water bottle on the inside and it, like, just fucking snips across <laughs> the ground and hits the cage. Like, So he drinks all the water, right? And then he just goes up, like, stands on top of the turnbuckle outside Big Show's pod and he just, like, looks over the top. So the top of the pod is just, like, the chain link stuff. Mm. And he looks over the top of the pod and just spits on Big Show. And Big- I didn't see that! No, it's so great. funny. He drinks all the water and just goes up and spits it on Big Show. Big Show's like, what the fuck? It starts, That's- like... Yamming on the pod door. Yeeting on the pod door, which is, they want you to know, bulletproof. I think it's... Lexon. Lexon. Bulletproof. It sounds like a mobile company in the US. fucking Goldberg proof, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, Goldberg <laughs> went through the fuck... Like <sighs> 20 times. Jesus Christ. Yeah, people have gone through the pods all the time. How are they bullet... Are wrestlers, like, stronger than bullets? <laughs> and if a bullet Bob Armstrong or the Bullet Club wrestled in the Elimination Chamber, would they very easily be able to go through the pods? No. But they're bullets. But they're bullet... But the pod's bulletproof. Oh, <laughs> it's not weak to it's okay. Not so weak they to so bullets. they so they can't go through them. Okay, that makes that makes sense. This pod door has a weakness to bullets. <laughs> I'm fairly certain if you shot one of those pods, it wouldn't end well. It's not like it's going to bounce back at you. It's going to go. It's obviously not bulletproof. No, well, doesn't bulletproof stuff just kind of like stop it, it doesn't no it like bounce bounces up. no it bounces no, it back doesn't. doesn't i swear it kind of like embeds itself in it mate i watched an episode of lucifer and saw that happen mythbusters no mythbusters me. did it fuck Mythbusters. i don't give a shit about mythbusters right. it's like all right we, yeah all right that, that was yeah. the last good bit of the entrance oh no vladimir kozlov to... going through each of the pods and going like <laughs> i shouldn't talk about triple h spitting on picture jesus christ uh when Edge just hits his, like, test boot on Jeff Hardy, Big Show just has a big smile on his face and just stares at him and, like, kind of waves at him. Yeah, he just, like, kind of wags his finger at him and be like, mm-mm-mm. I'm fucking your wife. <laughs> the entire theme of this show is that, like, Edge is the biggest cuck. Ever. Yeah, but they haven't, like, started hinting, really, that Big Show is, like, fucking Vicky. It's more It's more of just, like, Their buddies. Big Show is getting, like, cocky and you don't quite know why big show is getting cocky yeah why are you so happy yeah and then in two weeks it turns out that he's just laying the pipe but yeah but like it was like you you made the point he was number 30 in the royal rumble for a reason yeah because vicky was like gave but then again once like when you watch it back it all makes like a way more sense okay but this right i understand the thematics of edge starting up off first but in kayfabe wouldn't Vicky be like, nah, you, 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 well, rigged this so that you're in the last pod, like... Yeah, um, I'm not quite... Maybe something happened in, like, Smackdown. Who gives a shit about Smackdown? Maybe something happened... No, don't Google it, it's... I'm not, I'm not. I was gonna say, there's notes. definitely zero reason for this. <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, Edge comes... I said Edge comes back with a spaz taunt. I'm, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I meant by that. 
And I think you just kind of like, mm. ah, on this yeah. day, I see clearly. <laughs> and then fucking um, Edge gets hit with the twist of fate, right? Yeah. And, and then, Jeff uh, does the dumb shit he always does where he doesn't go for the pin, even though Matt gets the pin. Yeah. Also, where the fuck is Matt Hardy? He had, like, the biggest angle on the last show. He's not on this show no, at all. because this is him, like, Loki turning heel, right? What do you mean, Loki? He straight up turned heel at the Rumble. Yeah, but he's got to, like, duck out for duck, a second. Duck out for a second, like what? Like, well, he can't, do like, drugs? Yes, <laughs> because he turned heel right, and then... Jeff's like, what the fuck is he? All that shit. Um, and then they have their match at Mania. But, like, in the middle, Matt has to, like, hide out and then, like, attack Hardy from the shadows. Then why shit. didn't he attack him in this match? Because giant chamber. We literally do this shit next year <laughs> where someone interferes in the chamber match. Yeah, but that's, like, the very last match. This is the first match of the night. Alright, alright. Which, I don't like that they have two chamber matches, but, like, it I makes... Do, I do like two chamber matches. It makes sense eventually, but it, this match just, like, bored the shit out of me. After this spot, do you want to talk about how uh, Edge gets Oh well, yeah, so fucking Hardy, Hardy doesn't go for the pin, he goes for the Swanton. The Misses. Swanton bomb, I feel like, has less than a 50% hit rate when Jeff does it. Even when he hits it back in the day, he didn't re... <laughs> it's like the whisper in the wind. Yeah, it was hit or miss. It feels like they always get out of the way. And so, um, they get up and, like, wrestle around for a bit, and then, um, Edge goes for, like, a massive spear, and then... A massive spear, and in that it's just a spear that he goes for. Oh, yeah, and then, um, Hardy, like, catches him in midair and, like, small packages him. Mm. Um, Inside cradle. And then gets the one, two, three. And Edge, Edge loses in five minutes. Le- less, less than, than five, five minutes. minutes. He loses his fucking belt. In, like, three minutes. And then Big Show is just laughing his ass off in the pod as well. Triple H was fucking cacking himself. Holy you shit. knew Triple H just loved this shit. You, could see you knew Triple H was immediately like, oh fuck, this is going to be a great match. When they have the camera angle on the pin, you can see Triple H's like, like lower leg in the background. And you see it kind of like go like <laughs> jerk around <laughs> as the three goes. Because he's just like, yeah! <laughs> he's just straight up being like, oh man, I have not put over a goddamn person <laughs> and you lost in Four minutes. What are you, some kind of fucking mark? All right, so and good. up next is uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Yep, that's yeah, the response so, that deserves. <laughs> so, like the the timer counts down or whatever. Yeah. Also, something that breaks my heart, and I can't remember if we've talked about it before, is and I know it obviously isn't like thinking about it logically. It's not actually a thing. But when they do countdowns, like at the Royal Rumble and at Elimination Chamber, it doesn't actually have to be the amount of time that they've said. Like they Why say, does that break your heart? Like, it's wrestling. Like, Who gives a shit? It's the one shit? thing that I always believed about wrestling. Was that like, the time was yeah, legit? when they say, like, a new competitor enters every 90 seconds. Or Which is obviously bullshit. There are five minutes between, like, entrance in the um, fucking Elimination Chamber. I always, like, believed that. And then we've started watching this back, and I'm like, holy shit. That was, like, two minutes. <laughs> Jack, wrestling's fake. Oh, fuck. I know, right? I know it's true. I know it's true. But, yeah, no, it's it's very clearly... So, they like, do, like, the old overhead camera. Which yeah, I yeah, think with, the cool, with the... With the lights, and it goes... Ah, that shit's... That's pretty sick. I do love the Elimination Chamber. I just wish it wasn't, like... Again, I just wish it wasn't, like, a stop on WrestleMania. Like, 
I think they need like a big paper, like a gimmick pay per view to be. Yeah, just do fucking cage matches. I don't care. No one one gives cage matches. I like cage. I don't like how you can win them by getting out of the fucking door. Yeah, that's right. I feel like for them, for modern day wrestling, cage matches are way too full of holes. Like, why can you just be like, open the door, thanks? Yeah, no, that's some bullshit. And then sometimes they try to implement rules, like you can only ask for the door to be open like one time. And then you, it just reminds me of Punjabi prison, yeah. where it's like you can ask for one door to be open, but once it's closed, it's closed forever. Yeah, it's like literally the dumbest thing ever. Um, like if your opponent is immobilized enough for you to climb over the top of the steel cage and get out, you can just pin them. Or even better, just walk out the door. <laughs> well, sometimes it's padlocked and you're not allowed to get oh, out. Oh, that's when you need old Mark Henry to non kayfabe rip <laughs> open a steel chain. That is, like, we've talked about that like probably like five times it's on this show. It's still the most impressive thing. How he legitimately rips <laughs> off the fucking cage. That's like, actually messed oh, up. Jesus. That man is a big boy. See, there was a fucking cage match, right? Like, on, it had to be like on a roar when like, Cody Rhodes and Goldust were the tag champs, and the New Age Outlaws were just oh, back for some fucking reason. So bad. They had a cage match, and going into the tag cage match, they were like, you can only win by a pin or submission, you can't win by escaping the cage, yeah, right? That makes a bit more sense. And so Cody climbs up the fucking cage anyway to do a moonsault off it, and just, you know, fucks his knee up, obviously. Because, yeah. like, who's gonna catch him? Not fucking Road Dog. like, fuck you. But, like... In in KFM, I'm like, why are you why are you climbing? Oh, you did to d- 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 dive. Good work. Yeah, that's like the only time. That yeah, no, that's I how cage like... matches used to be. It used to like you couldn't win via escape. Like you just yeah. Well, like I feel like that's the only unique thing that cage matches bring to the table is the ability to kind of tell a story. Like I know Superfly Snooker like killed someone or whatever. But yeah, but it's we're, yeah. when we're talking about like the Superfly Splash from the top of the cage, iconic moment where he was so like pissed off at his opponent i don't even remember who it is anymore don morocco don morocco like their feud was so intense that instead of climbing down the back of the cage to win he just fucking dove splashed that's that's like that's like a really unique piece of storytelling that i think only cage matches can do but other than that i feel like i don't know i feel like most matches you can you can tell this like ladder matches you can tell the story of like i can grab this title or i can just fucking dive on the dude i yeah but i feel like Ladder matches are full of like really high flying spots anyway, right? Like that's true. Like through tables and all that stuff. But a cage match isn't usually that high flying. There's just like this one peak where they do peak of the match where they do like that massive spot, and I think it can tell a lot about a feud. But other than that, I feel like a lot of other matches do what cage matches just do better. So what you're saying is we really don't want to talk about Vladimir Kozlov's run in this match we where, really he, don't where he does anything. literally fucking nothing. He's just so like for the next five minutes he literally just kind of bullies Jeff and Jeff like punches him and then he bullies him some more. It's so bad. Oh my fucking This is five minutes you can legitimately skip. This split... Oh five minutes, air quotes. <laughs> I was literally just so like like it felt like I know it was probably like less than five. It felt like ten minutes. It was so fucking boring. Yeah. Like, that, without a comedy is... character, Vladimir Kozlov is probably my least favorite wrestler so far. Yeah. Like, oh my god. That's the way for, like, all big, bulky men, right? Like, you have to kind of. He doesn't even a look that good, though. Like, he doesn't. He, he's, he's like. He's he... very, like, machine like, and I get that he's meant to be, like, a Soviet machine or whatever, but it. But the, you it, know. Everything looks labored. He looks unfor- like. Unfortunately, the USSR has fallen, so. <laughs> 
He just looks like he's having not even a tough time getting around the ring. He looks like he's like an all right wrestler, but he's like making it look like he's bad at wrestling to like have a better character. That, it's really weird. It kind of makes sense. Like there was the whole story of how Andre the Giant back in the day used to like do drop kicks and shit. And then someone was like, no, do boring shit because you're a giant. And I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're a huge guy... Wouldn't it be way cooler if you just did, like, high-flying shit? Yeah, exactly. Like, I know that he's meant to be, like, a machine or whatever. Literally a fucking robot. Like, And people talk shit about, like, the booking for his character, but I feel like he could have done a bit more in the ring to... Rather than just literally headbutt people in the chest with the worst head... Like, he has his hands on his head! (laughs) He's not... It's... It's bad. And I feel like he has to take a small part of the blame as well. Well, like, I, I... Eventually, he starts incorporating, like, more Sambo stuff into it. Yeah. But, like, here, they're just like, he is uh, really versed in all of the martial arts, and he does a fall-away slam. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not a martial artist. You're just a big guy who looks like he's eaten a lot. And speaking of big guys who look like they've eaten a lot... Next man, Big Show. Well, it is the Big Show. And guess what? You can skip this five minutes as well. <laughs> Nothing fuck. It's like the last Rumble where it's like just entrance and they do their moves and like there's occasionally like at the end of this, it's kind of like... There's actually comedic value in this five minutes though. Oh, really? Because <laughs> because they both like take... Kozlov and Big Show both take turns like pulling oh, yeah. out Jeff Hardy. And, and- like, Big Show does something vaguely, like, kind of interesting. Like, it's Big Show, so he's like, I'll pay it a bit of mine. And Kozlov does something that's way more boring and goes like, huh, you like that? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Big they just Show's kind just of, like, like, toss Jeff Hardy back and forth to each other. It's kind of a meme, but... And then eventually Kozlov turns on the Big Show. <laughs> it's a great... I can't believe Big Show didn't turn on him. That's crazy. <laughs> Alright, so... Finally, then- the saviour of this shit, like... How many times are you going to say that in your life? The saviour of this match. Triple H. H. My This whole match has been pretty bad. Like, the first three minutes were good with Hardy and Edge. But then as soon as Edge got pinned, the match went to shit. But now the match is back on track. Triple H is a a fucking genius, right? Like, like the only guy smarter than him, I think, is probably, like, Kevin Nash. (laughs) Where it's like, he made the match so boring that when he comes in... For the first time outside of a WWE video game, I heard Triple H, <laughs> Triple H from the crowd. That literally never happens. One, because it's really weird to chant. And two, Triple H, like, n- no one really, like, like, outside of maybe, like, kids, but even, like... No, well, no, alright, Triple H at this point in time is, alright, let me finish, is super fucking over, but only in his entrance... Everyone fucking loves Triple H's entrance, but then as soon as he starts wrestling, they're like, oh wait, this is Triple H. Oh wait, this is the guy that held, like, the world title for, like, the better part of the early 2000s, and now he's still, like, holding the world title for periods of time, and not fucking losing it. <laughs> but his entrance is fucking sick. <laughs> I, I agree, he has a... And he, I do think his, like, mania entrances are always cool. Yeah, those it cool. really annoys me that he's in charge of the company and he gives himself the <laughs> coolest entrance every fucking mania. Well, I think... Alright, from my time watching the John Cena WrestleMania 26 documentary, I think <laughs> that they give, like, they kind of like to, like, certain people like Cena and Triple H and that 
you can have a cool entrance, but then they leave a lot of creative control up to the wrestler on what they want their entrance to look like. I don't know, Randy Orton's complained loads about his entrances at Manias. Well, yeah, because they don't let him have a cool one because he's not actually, like, a big entrance character, right? Do you... Like how but would... do you remember the time where the band that sung The Voices song played live oh, yeah, that's... and they sucked and Randy looked at them with the most disgusted look <laughs> on his face? That's and different. he was a heel as well! Yeah. <laughs> why would you give a live entrance? To... Like, that never made sense to me. Like, yeah. why give a I live entrance to I think they just kind of wanted that song to play live. I kind of, like, think Cena has the best entrances because they're really varied. Because mm. I think the Triple H's, apart from the sledgehammer through the glass one that was fucking sick... They're always some variant on. He rides like a like a tr- like a motor powered tricycle down a ramp, surrounded by either hot women or Stephanie. It makes it way less cool when you like bring up the fact that it's a tricycle. <laughs> it's always it's, a it's, trike. <laughs> I know, try. It's Triple H. He needs a trike. <laughs> did did he have? All right, he can't I, ride a motorbike. Obviously. No, obviously, that's Undertaker's deal. Um. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel I like one of the last WrestleManias, he came down with Stephanie, but he also started with, like, two random divas by his side and Stephanie, and it was, like, looking like a weird group sex thing. I think you're mashing up two different entrances, because okay. there was the one with the, um... Oh, no, no, because she... No, that's right, he he had the, like... This, had, this was, I think, the match with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania okay. 30, where he came out with the... It was, like, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Alexa Bliss before they, like, were really on yeah. the main roster. And they were dressed in, like, the weird harem clothes. Yeah. And they take off his, like, weird king shit. And Stephanie's just there, like, I love my husband. Yeah. Because he's come, to, come down with Stephanie, like, the last few times. Yeah. But I feel like there was one where he got a bunch of, like, divas. Yeah, yeah, like no, you're, 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 you're correct. orgy thing. I don't think it was supposed to be an orgy thing. It's I think that's... looked like, like you said, a harem. Like, yeah, but I look thought... at all these bitches I got. I'm in charge of NXT. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was more supposed to be like a like not like a harem thing, like in a sexual way, but like in like a I'm a king and look at my worshippers kind of way. But then again, that does sound sexual, so I don't yeah, know what the fuck I'm. You could have like dude worshippers. That'd probably be too yeah, no, they had, they, for anyone on no, the roster. No, they, they had that with Charlotte for one of her entrances, and it was great. Oh, but that's Charlotte, though. Like, I mean, if Triple H had dude worshippers, then it's kind of weird. Like, I, what if... I if, would I would take money to What if you be... replace, like, um, Charlotte with Titus O'Neil or something? <laughs> Titus O'Neil just kisses his son on the mouth. Like, he doesn't need dude worshippers. <laughs> you, can't, you can't sue me. Because you did it on TV, Titus. <laughs> you seem like a lovely human being, but it's fucking I weird. Fucking love Titus O'Neil. No, I love Titus O'Neil too, but it's fucking weird that he does that. It is. It's very weird. But anyway, the point is that Triple H always has this, like a skull mask on, comes down with a trike with women or Stephanie or both. One time he threw a sledgehammer through a pane of glass, which was fucking sick. But Cena always does different stuff, like when he drove a Mustang in. When he had, like, the marching army unit. When he had all the different Cenas. That was sick. We really don't want to talk about this match because Triple H also essentially does nothing. Like, no decisions happen. Nothing. Like, like they do a double suplex to Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, he kind of just comes in, like, donks everyone. 
The old um, run into my fists, please. <laughs> Jr. hits him with the double A spine buster. Ooh, Arn Anderson references. The, yeah, but also he hits Big Show with it, and it's not a double A spine buster. <laughs> it's like a rock spine buster because obviously you can't fucking double A spine buster the Big Show. <laughs> Like, then, you're not fucking Cesaro. Like, Jesus. And then after he does it, um, JR says, Triple H has cleared this fracas. But, like, instead of saying fracas like you're meant to, he says, fracas. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H has cleared this fracas. That is the worst JR impression I know. It is. You, but... just, you literally just sound like an American video game YouTuber. <laughs> well, you do, JR. This is why No Man's Sky is the worst game of all time. I just have, like, one American impersonation. JR's easy. Just... Baka. <laughs> Terrible. No, it's great. Alright, so he includes everyone out. And then who's who's in next? Because nothing... Uh, it's Undertaker! That's a very Triple H voice. <laughs> it is. He comes in and he's, it's kind of like he's been hot tagged into the match. Yeah, he just fucking kills everyone. And then, um... It's crazy. Um, and then... So, after Taker, like, clears the ring or whatever, JR stands there and he's like... I think they're talking about, like, neutrality because they mentioned Switzerland afterwards. But, um... Taker, like, clears everyone out. And then JR's like... There's no, there's no one left in the ring. There's no Geneva here. And I thought he was <laughs> talking about the Geneva Convention. <laughs> like, See, you know more about that shit than me as The well. Undertaker is committed, like, crimes against humanity in the Elimination Chamber. He technically can't because he's, a, he's already dead, so he's not a real person. Therefore, Undertaker, America has not violated the Geneva Convention. Undertaker is a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> he burned his parents' house. He murdered his parents. He did. Yeah, and he's a great baby face. So, um, funny. also I have it here just in reference to Vladimir Kozlov. Um, white trunks look like diapers. They do, especially on Kozlov. They, Cause they're a bit baggy on him. It just looks like a nappy. How is, <laughs> how has anyone ever like looked at white trunks and gone? That's no, they can work, but you have to wear them. Like right, who, who has worked with white trunks? I feel like Dolph Ziggler used white trunks. White? No, like just blank Mr. white Perfect. trunks. He didn't know. He had the singlet. Oh, yeah. The only guy the guy I can think Some of is... Some guy from the Pan Am connection. What? Like, the fabulous Don Morocco or something. The Can Am connection was the Lex, was Lex no, Luger and someone. The Pan Am from WrestleMania 3. God, that's a fucking reference I don't get. Jeez. The I'll Pan Am... I'll find him. You keep talking. From WrestleMania 3. I, I feel like they work if you wear, like, tight ones. Like... It, like you know, you just Rand- want to see that bulge. You know, Randy Orton's trunks, how they're pretty tight to him. I'll I mentioned that later yeah. in the interview. I feel like if you wore that style of trunks in all white, kind of worked better than Kozlov's like loose nappy trunks. Well, like the only guy I can think of who has ever like worn white trunks is fucking Bo Dallas in his early run. Yeah, and obviously that was meant to look like a nappy, kind of. So. Kozlov does the dumbest thing to get eliminated, right? Oh, no, it's great. He puts his nappy dick right in Undertaker's face for the 10 count yeah, punch. he does the 10 punch in the corner, and then when he gets, like, six or something, triple, uh, Undertaker, Undertaker just, like, last rides him. But also, it is one of the worst last rides I've ever... <laughs> it literally just kind of looks like a powerball. Yeah. Like, it's... Oh, Kozlov. And then, of course, he gets pinned. And, fun fact, I know he's still undefeated in singles competition... But this is the first time that Kozlov got pinned 
in the WWE on TV or in dark matches and shit. It was it was a long so run, cause another but... illustrious like honor to add to Undertaker's list. Well, First we man we, we, we go we go down further, like as we'll get to later. Both of the undisputed streaks that were happening are no longer existing now. Oh shit! It's... No more no more Goldbergs. All right, so uh, Big Show chokes Lambs Taker. And then just a bunch of like a fucking he goes Triple H goes for a pedigree and just get fucked right onto the steel, (laughs) which like that makes me cringe. (laughs) People talk shit about the new Elimination Chamber, but like God, this Elimination Chamber, whoever designed it was an asshole. Yeah, like and I bet it was Vince was like I'm just like I want the steel grates. (laughs) Like Jesus. All right, so uh, do you want to go to the next Elimination? Uh, well, and if any, well, like, yeah, well, like, so Hardy, fucking Hardy climbs on top of a pod, right? Oh, are we doing this, boys? Pay me in your ad friendly, Jordy. What? Because he did the B review. God damn it. I, I do love how I'm the, I'm looking at the audio waves and I'm just going to have a bunch of shit. I'm going to have to tone down with the <laughs> fucking like crap. So Hardy climbs on top of a pod. Um, but big, so I, there wasn't really any targets from the hit. Like at the moment, he climbed up to the top of the pod, so I don't really. No, because he was just trying to run away, and then Big Show just kind of like. Blah. Big Show goes like inside the pod, and like that he like um oh yeah, this is an audio only podcast, so you cannot oh, see yeah, what you're <laughs> doing. I'm out of focus. Uh, inside the pod that Hardy's climbing up, and like grabs his feet through the chain link, and, and then like crushes him, yanks him down. That looked like it hurt like hell though, which was cool. Um, and then Big Show kind of. Gets out of the pod and goes up to like the turnbuckle to like go and, I don't know, harass Hardy some more. But um, Undertaker catches up with him. And this is like a really sick sequence of events. So Undertaker then super, superplexes kind of Big Show. Um, and then he, Big Show kind of like gets up randomly and then Triple H pedigrees him. And Hardy is recovered enough, and then hits a swanton off the top of a pod, which was onto Big Show. So lit, like Jesus. And then, of course, having to hog all the glory, Triple H is the one that goes to the pin. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my God, he is, isn't he? Hardy hits the swanton, rolls across the ring, and Triple H walks over and pins him. Has there been like a, a feud like that you've seen ever, where it's like more like basically one sided than Triple H versus no, Jeff Hardy? Not like, really. He. Not only does Jeff never get to beat him once, but still wins the title. It's like <laughs> also, I kind of I've been thinking about why Edge started the match. I feel like it. The only way you can explain it in kayfabe is because Vicky. This match is Jeff Hardy's rematch from losing the title. Oh. Um, and so the legality of it. This is how Vicky said that this she was invoking Hardy's rematch clause for him, and this would be his rematch, and. Like, I guess that you can kind of say that since it has to be a rematch, those two have to start the match. That does make sense. That's the only thing I can think of. It's still a bit dumb, but... Eh. It, it like, it pays off eventually. It does, because like, he pins him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, oh, the one person that Jeff Hardy can get a pin on is Edge, because he's done it, like, three times. <laughs> Alright, so... That's a good feud, in general. Oh, yeah, Hardy versus Edge. Absolutely. So then Undertaker kind of goes on a bit of a run after that. He, like, he just steps out of the way of the Whisper in the Wind. He's like, <laughs> it's either going to hit me right in the face or you're going to 
touch me with your butt. So just I'm just getting there. out of the way. So he kind of goes hard and then it ends up in like a pretty emphatic uh, pile driver on Hardy. And one, two, three. Of course. The only person that will not get booed for eliminating Jeff Hardy is Undertaker, obviously. <laughs> so in that way, it's smart to do it. But like, I don't get why... You, uh, I guess you don't want Kozlov in the match for too long. And also, why not have Big Show eliminate him to get some heat on him or something? Because they wanted to do the um, three finishes spot on Big Show. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Why not have Kozlov in there do his they w- finisher? They want to build Big Show... For the WrestleMania match. So they need three finishes to take him out. Because at this point in time, I know Big Show's a meme or whatever. Yes. But at this point in time, he was actually like built up as a pretty big beast. Yeah, no, like he had that feud with Undertaker. And even though he lost, Big Show looked super dominant in that feud. Yeah, right now he's probably like the be- the best like monster heel. In yeah, the because like he's been here for long. Like he's been wrestling for long enough that he actually knows how to fucking work. <laughs> Because, like, who have we... Because, like, later up, we've got, like, Mike Knox. Oh, terrible. And, well, I... Here's the thing. I love Mike Knox, but I know he sucks. <laughs> so, we've only got two people left in the match, and it, that is... Triple H and Undertaker, which I did not expect them to do this fuck. This was yeah. great. Like... It was, uh... Actually, this is the best part of the match, honestly. Oh, yeah. No, skip to this bit. This bit is, like, yeah, fucking hot. Yeah, you just see, like, a... Undertaker versus Triple H in the Elimination Chamber. This is, like, what you're after. The, the rest of it was, like, like apart from, like, honestly, to me, apart from, like, the Jeff Hardy swanton off the pod, the rest of this match was a bit shit. Yeah. But um, then we I get to like the good bit. really utilize the Chamber as effectively as they could. Well, it's like... It kind of just felt like a six-man match. But, like, that's the problem with having the Elimination Chamber before Mania, is no one wants to get fucking injured and miss oh, out on Mania. No, I don't think it's that. I just think that... The competitors in this match felt a bit tied down by, like, what kind of the the edge... Alright, so, normally, like, the first people in last, like, a little Mm. while, though. But for storyline reasons, they had to have Edge get knocked out, like, straight away. And now you're left with Deadweight in the match in the form of Kozlov. A lot of Deadweight. Um, Big Show, while a good worker, like we just said, isn't going to be able to do, like, massive spots, like jumping off anything or anything and it's the first chamber match so you can't smash one of the pods either which yeah. would which would what you would be doing if it was a big guy yeah but like you have to have another one you can't exactly come in and replace the fucking and the glass. only real high flyer in the match like edge can do some spots off the top rope but he had to go straight away so you've only got hardy left that can do actually like massive spots all the rest of them they're only good for kind of suplexes onto like the steel grade outside which is like which looks brutal but when you think about, like, Elimination Chamber spots, you think of, like, John Morrison, like, climbing to the mm. top of top, the roof. like, on the fucking And then, ceiling. like, falling down and, like, cross-spotting people. Or, like, or, like Goldberg doing the spear through the fucking... Exactly, oh, yeah. which you can't do here. So I think that they didn't use the chamber to its full extent, but I think that's kind of a result of the participants they had in there and storyline constrictions uh, rather than just kind of, like, wanting to not get injured before WrestleMania. Okay, now I want to talk to you because this entire sequence is great, so just watch it. But I want to talk about rope breaks. <laughs> yes. Do they count in Elimination Chamber? I feel like Elimination Chamber is no disqualification. Okay, but here's something that I didn't think about before because I, I used to be like, rope breaks don't make sense because if you're in a submission and you get the ropes and it's no DQ, five counts not going to do shit, yeah. right? Here's what I didn't realize is rope break for a pin, right? technically you're outside of the ring so if you're not 
like if it's not false count anywhere, yeah. does a rope break just count for a pen? I mean, it shouldn't in Hell in a Cell probably. Like that was really dumb. Mm. I feel like all right. This might be like an unpopular opinion or whatever, but I feel like in matches where you're like encaged in the ring, but there's like some space to move outside the ring. So basically only Hell in a Cell and Elimination Chamber because still cages like mm. surround the entire ring like tightly. Um, I, um, I feel like those should be falls count anywhere in that falls count anywhere inside the enclosed space. Am I remembering wrong or like... Aren't Elimination Chambers normally just false count anyway? I feel like I've seen referees count, like, slap yeah. their hand on the steel, like, outside. Yeah. Um, like, and I played the, like, I hate to keep bringing up wrestling games, but I swear in the wrestling games you could pin people on the outside of yeah. the Elimination Chamber. It's been a while, but I feel like you can. But th- they did make a really big point of saying that you can only pin someone in the ring for this one. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just to do the rope break spot here. Probably definitely. Because they had the spot already planned, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, no, no one's going to fucking kick out of a tombstone. No. I'll eat my words in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but, like, kicking out of a tombstone, like, at this point, it was basically, like, no one fucking kicked out of a yeah. tombstone. Like, ever. Like, I mean, like, you had shit like, you know, Kane being like kicking out of a yeah, tombstone you can out of a story and, and also the greatest wrestler of all time the fake undertaker brian lee <laughs> you can kick out of a tombstone for storyline reasons but probably not in just a regular match where you're gonna lose anyway yeah yeah no don't don't do that shit and so he so basically what we're saying is like triple h gets hit with a fucking tombstone does the rope break spot but then out of nowhere triple h hits the pedigree yeah and the crowd are immediately booing <laughs> and, and i was like yep yeah, it's fucking over Undertaker kicks out of a pedigree. He does. That's like, I, I, I'm trying to think. Like, is Undertaker the only guy like in the modern era to kick? Because you've obviously got shit like Warrior and everything. Yeah. Like, is he the only like him and sure, like, Shawn Michaels? Sure, like, Seth Rollins just kicked out of a pedigree. I feel like. Uh, probably. That's weird, isn't it? I feel you know. You're like I feel you're like, like you're like Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, Seth Rollins. I feel like. Especially since, because it was like when he was like cool. Like right now, Seth Rollins is a bit dorky, not the best character, and also should like not do interviews or have a Twitter <laughs> account at this point. But back when Seth Rollins was like the architect or whatever, I feel like th- he was hype enough that he could kick out of a pedigree. But also, I feel like people kick out of a pedigree fairly regularly. You just don't remember it. Not, not, that, no, not, no, 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 that not sounds... You, not you specifically, but, but like, like, people in general. Oh, I thought you were talking about me specifically, and I'm like, yeah, no, you could absolutely be fucking right. <laughs> but, like, I, it was such a big moment. But, you know, it, it doesn't fucking matter, because they just, like, the, like, the last ride is somehow counted into a pedigree. Yeah, that was really fumbly, but, like, good, I guess. Good shit. Anyway, like, I enjoyed, like... I don't know, so pins him, right? Like... Yeah, 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 Triple H wins the fucking title. Who would have thought? I really enjoyed that whole last segment, because especially, like, before they start doing, like, Finisher Turbo, they do some, like, really, like... Alright, I'm a mark, right? But I really enjoy, like, the whole Undertaker is the best pure striker in the sport. But but what about Triple H? Is he, like, as good as Undertaker in terms... Because Triple H, I would say, in just terms of, like, aesthetics, has better looking punches than the undertaker yeah because like undertaker's literally in the corner with body shots going like undertaker's punches are more based on like actual punches though whereas triple h's punches are really stylized towards wrestling so it looks better in like the wrestling thing but i feel like especially with like the mma gloves that undertaker has always worn 
that it kind of actually looks like a proper a proper fight would look like, but not actually a proper fight because obviously it's wrestling. Do you think next you have next big UFC pay per view Dana White's going to get CM Punk and Undertaker yes. to fight? And it's going to be like, this is like the Definitely one... Definitely the same weight class. This is going to be, this is like the one MMA fight I know that was really funny. It was Dada 5000 versus Kimbo <laughs> Slice, where they both almost fucking died. Because they... Dada actually like did die for a minute. Yes, he fucking, like, oh my... Now Kimbo died for real. Oh, rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. You should have had a WWE run, honestly. Yeah, that would have been good. I think Anyway, anyway, I so I just kind of enjoy like the big heavyweight slugging it out or whatever, and then the finisher turbo is kind of enjoyable. The first thing I have written on this new page of notes is Triple H has a pretty thick butt. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a you're a you're a hot for the old Triple H there, buddy. I I don't know what I was thinking. I don't think I've ever been attracted to Triple H <laughs> in no matter what form he's Apparently taken. Apparently, you were last night at two a.m. 2 a.m. I'd had about six Cassie D's. Yeah. Not as I, and I bought a new six pack of Cassie D's today. <laughs> but as like the match finishes, like Triple H is handed the title or whatever, mm. and I, I really like the camera work on this bit because they just stay on Triple H's face and Triple H is just staring up the ramp as Undertaker like walks out and they're like foreshadowing. What's it foreshadowing? Their match in like three, three years, years. <laughs> or their match like fucking like when was their match before this at wrestlemania fuck like 18 x8 no no no, x8 was triple h versus chris jericho yeah no was that x7 no no no, that was wrestlemania 19 no wrestlemania 19 was jericho versus uh sean michaels was it no wrestlemania 19 because the main event of wrestlemania 19 was uh lesnar versus angle wasn't it Alright, Undertaker versus Triple H. I feel like it might have been X7, now that I... No. Oh, yes, no, X7. Yeah, no, it was, because it was the same pay-per-view as, as the Rock Austin heel turn. I just typed in Undertaker, and the first, like, news story... Um, Undertaker's dead? ...was the Undertaker reportedly signed lifetime WWE contract. Well, we're going to talk about <laughs> lifetime contracts on this fucking show, aren't we? Vince McMahon, JBL, same fucking person. <laughs> So anyway, I kind of like the walkout and all that good stuff. Um, also, just recommending End of an Era to me. No thanks. Man. No, just go like first WrestleMania. Yeah, no, match. it's all good. Anyway, keep going. Um, I I have written down here um, WrestleMania seventeen. Yeah, X seven. I've written down here. I'm pretty sure the reason that in like the from like 2005 onwards that Undertaker never won like the WWE championship is because it would look really funny him doing the entrance with the fucking spinner belt. <laughs> like, it looks silly on Triple H as well. Like, it looks silly on everyone except John Cena. I think And Edge John Cena's cool. going... Because uh... Edge is the one that implemented, like, the fucking um, oh, spinner belt. that button. looks so bad, though. No, Edge looks really good with the spinner belt. <sighs> look, it's your opinion, and, you, really might be, and you might be wrong, but, like, it's your it's... opinion. <laughs> interesting to me that they gave cena like a specifically cena belt right like i just fucking kept it the wwe title like the physical title itself needed updating when cena got it like i don't mean no it's the undisputed belt though that's like the best belt keep that forever no i don't agree with like specifically making the belt a cena one but just in general it needed kind of like a modernizing i think modernizing the new belt was like in 2002 like yeah it looked 
Been yeah. been there for like. Why do you continue <laughs> to shit on my second favorite belt, the <laughs> undisputed title? I think the current WD title looks pretty shit too. I feel uh, like they modernized it too far. Looks way too like sleek and synergistic and all I, that. Well, the the reason I don't hate it is because like the synergy makes sense. Like they give it all to like sports teams and shit. And so, like, when someone sees, like, a, I don't know, whatever popular American sports teams there are that win the World Series of Basketball or whatever, and, <laughs> and they and they have the big fucking belt, and they're like, what's yeah. that? Oh, there's a big W on there. That's WWE, obviously. Yeah. Because they have a kind of recognizable logo. I get... I understand them wanting to make the At the same the time, the if belt. we're specifically talking about, like, giving it to sports teams and stuff, I feel like the spinner belt had, like, way more of, like, a... We just won, like the NBA championship feel like because you can spin it around and be like yeah we're the best yeah but then it didn't they don't spin it anymore because like whenever someone would hold it up and it turned fucking upside <laughs> down <laughs> oh they don't spin it again till um the Miz gets it and then I'm just like yeah Miz belt I think after Cena loses in like 2005 or whatever yeah no it they just, stopped it from spinning it just never spins again yeah because like whenever anyone would hold it up or have it on their shoulder it'd just be going all over the place. Like <laughs> I feel like having it spin is a good idea, but not like a loose spin. Like it only spins when you hit like the spinner button. Yeah, no, you've said that before that yeah. you wanted like a button on the underneath. So like It had that, didn't it? No, it just kind of I spun. feel like at some point there was a button on the spinner belt, which they hit and it was like... <laughs> I think you've said that as well before. <laughs> and I maintain, that you, I, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Or at least they can have like a like a little lock on the back of it where you can like lock it and it doesn't spin. Did you need a key for it? No, you know what I mean. Like a little tab. You tab it down and then... And then it like you can... It just sticks in place. Alright, alright, alright. And then you can alternate between spinner mode and like normal mode. My god, we're almost an hour in and we've barely... We've covered one fucking match. Alright, well actually let's talk about the time though. Because that match that we thought was pretty shit, 36 minutes. Oh. And that's not including entrances. I was watching it, and as I was like, obviously you've got like the time count on the bottom of like the video player yeah, yeah. on the network. By the time they'd finished like entrances, the match, and like the walkout, and the next segment started, we're an hour in to the. Oh, so we're so we're about point on point then. Yeah, we're an hour in to the pay per view. But like, here's this is the fucking thing because I saw like the the time for the show, and it was like, what is it? Like two hours. Hmm. Two hours forty seven, yeah, I think. Two hours like forty something, and I'm like, fuck yes, something like less, because I just three hours shit I cannot deal with anymore. <laughs> it's just so well, annoying. Back in the day, it was always like two hours and forty five minutes, just because they didn't want to run over on like the pay per view yeah. provider. Now they don't give a shit, and they're gonna do like yeah. nine hour SummerSlam <laughs> next year. It and I wish that was an exaggeration. I bet they're gonna fucking come close. This oh, is shit. Oh, I, 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 WrestleMania should really be a two-day event. Don't at me. Uh, for, yeah, no, I think the exact same thing. Well, you, uh, first believe of the podcast um, was just. Te- Why do you have to bleep that? That's just someone's name. Yeah, but I don't want to mention no, people's on. names without. All right, I'll message him and ask if I can use his name on the podcast, right. and he'll be like, "No, I got you your Futurama DVD from my place." Ooh. Like, fuck you. Um, but like, I he kind of makes fun of me now because when we watched. WrestleMania, I was just screaming the whole time, being like, it's like eight hours long! <laughs> this is fucked! What are you doing? <laughs> but so yeah, good. no, so I, I thought this was going to be, like, a great, like, easy breeze show. 
And then you have this fucking match to start off with, and I'm like... It's kind of brutal because oh. last pay-per-view is Royal Rumble, and obviously Rumble matches are like an hour to an hour and a half long. Yeah, but like there's constant shit... Well, yeah. in that match, there was definitely not constant shit happening. <laughs> it was one of the weaker Rumble matches I've ever seen because like yeah. they wanted all the people in the ring in the end, and the only way you can do that is to just have nothing happen for fucking yeah. ages. But yeah, so we're an hour into the show, and... The we first backstage segment pops up. And Yay. it's nowhere near as funny as the... Pr- this... Uh, it wasn't right. that I know funny. this isn't funny, but I think... Uh, obviously, I was not watching this pay-per-view live, but I think for anyone who can remember 10 years ago, watching this pay-per-view live, I think this segment, like, really gives some pretty heavy foreshadowing for yeah, what but is I, to come. But here's the thing. Again, I hadn't seen this show before. Yeah. This fucking show, like... Like, this interview, I was just like... Edge is depressed. Yeah, so but it's not even an interview, right? So it's that yeah, uh, Edge, just... Edge and Vicky backstage, and Edge is doing his classic like. There was a fast count. I, I wasn't ready. Um, he grabbed the tights. He go, yeah. I've got, you've got to restart the match, Vicky. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing ever. Like after the brutality, Triple H is like holding the belt, and then Vicky's like, "All right, we're restarting the fucking match." <laughs> Get Another... everyone back in the pods. We're then... bumping off like a couple matches. <laughs> And then Vicky's like, well, what do you want me to do? And I was like, well, he just told you like four things that he wanted you to do. And she's like, what do you want me to do? She, you're the one that lost. And, and then, then she's it- like, oh, wait, oh, shit. I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah, I no, have, I had I that to, down as well. <laughs> I have to apologize right now. He's going to like beat the crap out of me. No, and- I didn't put down that. I said he's that it's an emotionally abusive relationship because he just has like a bit of a cry yeah. and is obviously like emotionally manipulating her. Well, he didn't have a cry, right? So well, he went he like had a fake no, cry. He had an edge cry which is just like head in your hands going. No, I think he had, he had like a realization when she told him that he was the one that lost. It was kind of like a hard truth that hit home. Like he was like I am the one that lost. I have to do something about this, but he doesn't like verbalize it. He kind of just sits there and you get like the feeling that gears are ticking in his head. And at the time, watching it live, I feel like you wouldn't really know what's going to happen. But then watching what happens in the rest of the pay-per-view, it makes like a lot of sense, like all connected together. I think that's one underrated thing about storytelling in this like era of WWE. At the time, a lot of like segments and match decisions seem really weird. Um, but then when you watch it back with like the benefit of hindsight, it all actually like locks in together really well. And you're like, oh wait, actually, that was like a pretty cohesive story. It just mm. didn't feel like it at the time. No, you're absolutely right. Like, and this is why, like, this is an era of wrestling that is, like, a lot of it is obviously shit. Yeah. Like, but, like, we were children, so we loved the shit stuff as well. But, like, even beyond the shit stuff that's hilarious, they are quite good at telling cohesive stories at this point. Like, better than now, yeah, I would say. Yeah, for sure better than now. I mean, at least we don't have any fucking part-time champions in this era. <laughs> like, Jesus. All right. Immediately afterwards, WWE talks about how they love Seattle and their I farmers love market. This segment. <laughs> I am. I am gonna splice it in now. Well, we're in Seattle tonight for No Way Out, ladies and gentlemen. There's the world famous farmers market just down the hill from the sold out Key Arena here in Seattle. And I know you were checking oh. this out earlier today. <laughs> the famous fish throwing here in Seattle. New. Uh, these guys better. These guys better keep a grip on those fish. But you know, speaking of grips, it looks like. Edge loses his grip on the WWE title. Now it looks like he's lost his grip on reality. Holy shit. <laughs> Seattle, so famed place of a farmer's market where men throw fish at each other. What the 
fucks I love yeah. Cole Ribs lore about how he's like super into throwing fish. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you can't. That get, has to be a euphemism, right? You can't get like the full benefit just like hearing that segment just there. So if you can, if you end up like ever watching this pay per view, you really need to watch. It's just like. Two like random dudes at a fish market, like throwing yeah, throwing throw- like a massive like two handed salmon over a bunch of fish and then back like three or four times while like see I didn't Colin, understand Colin Lawler talk about how good Seattle and fish throwing. I'm is. I'm genuinely trying to understand what like is it like the biggest distance because my my <laughs> first thought was and maybe it was the six beers I'm like. Is it like a water fight, but they throw fish at each other? Like, you're just throwing fish at each other. Like, that's what I thought. And I'm like, no, that's fucking stupid. Like, but then I'm like, but it is Seattle, Washington. Like, oh, oh it's It's a very good, like, little 10 second thing. The WWE, like, we really appreciate these cities, like, that we are in things are always hilarious. Because, like, unless they're in, like, an actual, like, good city like vegas or new york or even new jersey or some shit a lot of the time it's just like weird fucking things that go on in these like midwestern cities <laughs> like imagine if they were in like like i know she- a, lot, a lot of the time they just kind of get like action sh- like when they're in new orleans right they just kind of set up a camera down the end of bourbon street and they just like mm. for 10 seconds film everyone at the bars and stuff but, like the weird part about it is they cut to it later, the fucking Seattle Space Needle, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be the first thing you cut to? <laughs> no Not way. the farmer's market where they're throwing fish? <laughs> like, that's... That, that surely Vince was like, nah, man, we gotta go for the fish throwing <laughs> Fuck the Space Needle, that's too phallic for a PG <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, speaking of a genuinely probably not PG match, we've got up next... Randy Orton versus Shane McMahon. But first, we've got Randy, like, just in a background, yelling a bit. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, it wasn't a good promo, either. No. It Has... wasn't, like, an interview. No, it's just him. But it, at the same time, he wasn't interacting with anything, like a regular backstage segment. It was just kind of him looking at a camera, being randomly intense. And I get that he's, in like, an intense character in general, and especially right now. Yeah, but, but... being intense doesn't mean you have to, like get rid of all of the charisma you previously yeah, had. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You can be charismatic and intense. Yeah, like, sure. I am both of those things. Uh, good one. Maybe more <laughs> like Samoa Joe rather than Louis Arnold. Uh, I'll probably believe your last name, I guess. No, my my, my last name is attached to the podcast. Okay, if right, if yeah, you Google yeah. Louis Arnold, it comes up with the podcast. Oh, and, sure. like, if you look at the podcast, underneath it just says Louis Arnold. Okay. Because you don't edit this fucking thing, so I'm taking all the credit. That's alright. And also, you don't want your last name attached to this (laughs) to not ruin your future job prospects. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, No Holds Barred, Randy versus Shane. They do, like, a promo package. Um, Good promo package. It's a lot of the same stuff as we've been seeing, like, over the last month, and Mm. especially in, like, the promo, like, at the start of the show. It's just basically Randy punted Vince, mm, but um, IEDs in the thing now. So it is IEDs like a really good addition. Intermittent explosive disorder. Would you like to explain to our listeners what IED is? <laughs> so basically, Randy wins the rumble, right? And then he like, oh no, before the rumble, actually, he um like punted Vince. Punts, yeah, punts Vince. We've covered win, that. Wins the rumble, and so Stephanie is like, 
what? You can't just do that. Um, say like, sorry right now, or you're fired, or you're fired, and it's like you can't find me. I won the rumble, and also I've been diagnosed with intermittent explosive disorder. It is AKA, a legitimate illness, aka a disorder where, with sufficient provocation, the sufferer can lash out in like episodes of physical violence with no control yeah. and then it's like so i was not responsible for, for my, my actions and oh. if you fire me i'm gonna sue you and there will be no wrestlemania yeah no that's the best like he's like i'm gonna cancel wrestlemania yeah. and then vince cancel is, culture i <laughs> i thought it was more like a like a vince mcmahon being like oh my god he's the grinch <laughs> stealing wrestlemania is like stealing christmas <laughs> yeah, all the so, kids are gonna cry basically Obviously, at WrestleMania, like, the focus will be on Triple H. Um, but for now, they're kind of leading up to it by focusing a lot. Even though he punted Vince and he's fighting Shane, the focus is really on, like, how he's going to make Stephanie, like, watch him destroy her family. Well, he almost fucking punted her. And he the, almost like, did. That was crazy. Like, like the, there's a bit, right, where, like, Shane is, like, laid out by Orton and Stephanie's, like... No, oh no, Shane. And Orton's just lining up like, I'm gonna fucking just kick her in the head. <laughs> and like Shane like blocks yeah. it with his ribs. Yeah, it was kinda weird. But And then he's and then like, he's immediately afterwards like, I never was gonna punch Stephanie. <laughs> I know that in the future obviously he gets like a bit sexual with Stephanie, like in a really creepy way. In a but in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable and is kind of a crutch for the story. Even in two thousand nine it made me feel uncomfortable. This is the PG era. <laughs> But for right now, it's kind of like an implied, like, destroying all the men in her family so he can kind of, like, There's take her definitely, away. there's, like, some fan fiction written about yeah, this, absolutely. Right now, it's, like, all implied, but it's a bit uncomfortable. And then, obviously, by the time we get to WrestleMania, it'll be very explicitly uncomfortable because of his actions on the upcoming episode of Raw. And also, WWE lacks a certain nuance in storytelling, <laughs> which is probably the understatement of the century. I feel like WWE with nuanced storytelling wouldn't be as, like, fun, though. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, you wouldn't get shit like, um, but, I don't know, half of wrestling history. Like, if they had, like, nuanced storytelling. But then, like, when they do nuanced storytelling, it makes it even better. Like, yeah. when wrestling is nuanced, you're like, that's fucking crazy. They told, like, a story, like a movie. So they finish the promo, and then Randy does, another, like, an actual interview where he says that Shane is going to be, quote, crying for his life. Which is, like... Aggressive? PG era. <laughs> that it actually sounded like he was going to, like... Murder him. Murder like, him. it's, like, no holds barred, and he's just straight up implying that he's going to fucking kill him and, and get IED to get yeah. off the murder charge. And what happens after this creepy, like, murder threat? Lillian Garcia is in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love Lillian Garcia. I, I don't, I, I don't mind Lillian Garcia. No, I sh- we were twelve. You don't I, have to lie. I, I should, <laughs> come on. I had way, I had way bigger crushes on like other people in wrestling. Like, fuck who? Who was my first like super big wrestling crush? Don't look at me, bro. I'm trying it's to think. Porn stuff. <laughs> Obviously, like, Tori Wilson. And then, like... Not obviously. I was, like, after her. Yeah, no, but I had the video games. Oh, yeah. And, God, like, honestly, Orton was probably up there for me. Oh, yeah. Did you see his entrance? He's, like, wearing the tightest trunks, <laughs> as we mentioned before, and he is just soaked in baby oil. Yeah. 
and that's like, his thing, right? And then you just like it, it's just eleven year old me there. And it's also oh, like boy. murderer. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, the power dynamics here would be great for me. <laughs> um, so Shen comes out, and I was actually all right. So I didn't even like remember this match. No, this is like his last happening. match. Yeah, before he comes back and like ruins rest, ruins wrestling in air quotes. <laughs> he was good at oh, a little bit of Cassie D. Um, he was, yeah, so he was, like, vaguely involved in WWE at this time. He was the executive vice president. Which is just a way of saying he's Vince's son. Yeah, he no. has to do whatever he wants. He is the executive vice nepotism. <laughs> um, but I did not remember this match happening. It's no. kind of like the filler match. I was like, oh, wait, shit, is this just Shane's last match? This is cool. Yeah, so he comes out. Um, here comes the money. Here we, here we go. go. Money talks. Actually, that's a real song. I heard that real song like the other day. Wait, it's the, like a genuine money. It's like that Shane's theme song is a real song. It's a real song that existed before Shane uses his theme song. I see. I heard it on a video game Donkey video, and I was like, Donkey must be a wrestling fan. And then I'm no, I guess it's a real song. It is a real song. I didn't even know. I heard it at one of the. Uh, pubs that we like to frequent specifically on a wednesday is, is this the is this the we have one playlist for r&b wednesday <laughs> and we refuse to hit the shuffle button have you been lately because yeah no they changed the, they changed like, the playlist the other week like no yeah. the, over the last few weeks they've had like a lot of different songs well it was see the first thing that made me upset was you were about like you're only like half an hour late or something and like late as in like you were arriving there and I just happened to be there like at bang on like four. And so like you missed ghetto gospel. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. Ghetto gospel normally plays this yeah. exact time in an hour. <laughs> like it threw me off my game. <laughs> Shit. Anyway. So anyway, this match sucks for a bit. For a bit. But honestly, like, well, I mean, it's they kind of go hard, right? Actually, no, it does not suck. This match is like a really good match. It's not really good. I like it's good, but like you have Shane McMahon and you have Randy Orton and you're like, okay, you've got your signatures and your finishers and you've got weapons. What do you have like like for the first like opening like three or four minutes, like the first five minutes? What what do either of you have in terms of offense? Punches. That's it for like no, five I feel minutes. Like they bust out the kendo sticks quite early. Oh no, it's like six minutes in. Like, they, yeah, because like Shane like is punching him, and then just throws weapons out and everything, and yeah. then like punches him. Yeah, and then and then eventually the weapons come into play, and Shane hits a oh my god a clothesline. Good Whoa. work, good work, Shane. That's why you are the best in the world. <laughs> well, he was he wasn't the best at the world at this point in time, right? Oh my god, like um. And so, he, like, Randy starts fucking up his back with a suplex yeah. and then, like, exposes the turnbuckle. And no, like, Shane exposes the turnbuckle. No, Randy does. No, Shane does. I th- 100% Shane Viewers, you decide. <laughs> so, anyway, they kind of, like, go back and forth with, like, a kendo. A turnbuckle gets exposed. Who by? Who knows? Um, Randy. And then, like, they get the, kind of the trash can out. I think there's a trash can lid. Um, I didn't see a trash can lid. Okay. I saw a trash can, yeah. or as or as we call them in our great country, a bin. So they're kind of like brawling outside the ring, and Shane gets yelled at television monitor. Oh my fucking! This was keep in mind that this is the PG era. The PG era, no blading allowed no blading. since the bash. He digs a fucking 
the corner of the TV monitor through his temple. Oh my... I was literally like... I saw it at first and I'm like, fuck, that sounded like it really hurt. But like, surely it's like... You know, like, it's not a real TV monitor he used. No, it's a real TV monitor. It's the one and he drives... announced it. Yeah, yeah, but like... I, I thought they might have, like, put, like, you know, like, something that wasn't, like, a big hunk of fucking metal there. And no, he it's... smacks him right in the fucking temple with it. The, the... And Randy is just bleeding <laughs> yeah, so, so much. They're always real monitors. It's just that Shane McMahon's, like, a little retarded. So, he's, so he's, like, instead of doing, like, a Triple H with a sledgehammer shot, he does, yeah. like, the, like, I'm actually fucking... Yeah. And, like... Oh. Like, he actually wanted to end Randy's life. But, like, it, it wasn't even... Like, it was the corner of the monitor. Yeah. So and Randy it busts him. Busted wide open. Wearing Wait. the proverbial crimson mask. And I'm just like, I have so much sympathy for Randy here. Isn't he supposed to be the psychopath the bad guy? <laughs> and then all the sympathy dissipates when Legacy yeah, comes out. When, when, well, as I like to still call them, even though they're called Legacy now, I prefer them as Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. So bad. Where's Sim Snooker at? We'll see him in a month. <laughs> yeah, we'll see him. We'll sure. See him. <laughs> Good thing he saw Undertaker too. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was just—he was just having a real good time filming. He was. So they attack him, um, and then, and like, then Shane makes them look like fucking jobbers. <laughs> so bad. So basically, Randy's obviously laid out. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's laid like, out on the announce table as monitor, well. Yeah, with his monitor thing. Um, and then they kind of double team Shane, and DBRC like grabs Shane's arms and like holds him behind his back. And then Cody gets, like, yeah. the steel chair. And Cody's, like, winding up to go and whack Shane. And I'm like, well, I don't know what's going to happen here. And then, of course, at the last minute when Cody goes for the Shane twists DBRC around. And DBRC gets hit in the back with the chair. Yeah. No doy. And then... And then uh, Shane just, like, fucks up Cody and, like, puts him in the corner with the trash can. And, and... DDT's DBRC, so he's out of the Oh, picture. yeah, D- out of it. And then, like... And guess what? Alright, this was actually my favourite spot of the whole match, this coast-to-coast. Because Cody is set up for the coast-to-coast. And then Shane puts a trash can in front of his face. Which is the normal coast-to-coast, until recently, I guess. Until recently, yeah. Um, Because it's actually much harder to, like, extend the distance of a trash can. Um, (laughs) Wait, what? Because... well, all right, so in like explain the, physics to me. The original coast to coast, right? He just kind of kicks the trash can, and the trash can being there means he doesn't have to jump as far. He gets like saved the extra meter oh, or so. Oh, and Shane's now, just way more athletic now. Well, well, no, I don't even think that because he doesn't hit it properly now. When he does the coast to coast, now he really has to stretch out, lands nearly all on like his hips, and barely makes contact. But since like we're not doing like extreme or whatever. Like there's no tra- no trash cans allowed, so now the coast to coast looks well, no, a lot more shit because Shane can't cover the distance. He's done a trash can before, like of a coast to coast during this run. Yeah, but it's I just mean, like, that, like he's in general. Right? It's just that for some fucking reason he's a regular wrestler now, and you can't have extreme yeah. rules matches every month. So exactly, yeah. I but, just think it looks way worse. But this coast to coast with the trash can looks. Oh really yeah, good it looks fucking because great because spe- the camera shot they get it from is facing Cody, but from, like, the other ring post, mm. like, on the ground. And so Cody is set up really well. Like, his legs are all splayed out, like he's actually unconscious. And then you just see Shane, like, fly across the ring. And then from the camera angle, um, he really, like, just friggin' gets yeah, his feet into the trash can. Nails and it looks like Cody's, like, head actually, like, gets destroyed. It looks like he's dead. They show a replay from the hard cam, and it looks a lot more shit. 
Oh um, yeah, I don't. But I don't from my... that one particular camera angle, they got it for originally. It doesn't look that shit from the hard camera because, like, you can like. But you I... can see that Cody's head wasn't anywhere near the trash can. Yeah, but, but like, I watch flippy obs- shit wrestling, so I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you went a good distance. Clap, when the trash can forever. obscures Cody's head, it looks like it just gets like his head gets destroyed yeah. on it. And then, uh, so like a fucking idiot, instead of like. Well, Randy's been out for a little too long. How about I go to the outside and just give him a couple of couple of these ones, couple of the which yeah. way did he go punches? Ooh. No, he goes back to the fucking top rope to do his elbow drop through the table. Blue and buffet. Gu- guess what happens? He jumps and Randy literally like sprints off the table <laughs> because he's been there for fucking <laughs> ages. I think this actually leads to one of, or probably the most interesting part of the match where. Cody, uh, so DBS is recovering. He's like, "Oh my god, Cody's dead!" And yeah. Orton, still busted wide open, blood all over his face, runs around to the corner where they are, and he's like, actually showing compassion for Cody. He's checking up on him, and then he's like to DBS, "Get him out of here!" Yeah, yeah. He make sure, yeah, he's make like, sure he's all yeah, right. That was weird. It was interesting. Yeah. Was that a thing that was ever explored? Because like they they obviously did the thing where Orton punted DBS and DBS forgave him. Yeah, I think that. Is the thing that, like, he he has, like, a lot... Like, he has empathy, but just for Cody? Or he has empathy for his group and no one else? I think they're showing that he doesn't actually have IED. Like, because oh. he's been... Alright, so, obviously, with the explanation they gave of IED, with enough provocation, the person will lash out um, in physical violence with no control, no recollection of what they did, and they're not responsible for their actions. Obviously a no-holds-barred match, like, is enough provocation. Like, Shane has hit him with the television Yeah, monitor. yeah, so Randy, his like... IED should be kicking in. Yeah, he should be beating up his and friends. In- and instead of lashing out in physical violence, he's still, like, in control, not suffering IED, running around, giving compassion to his friends and telling him to get out of there. I think they're showing that he's actually just, like, a psychopath... Just a dick. ...knows what's going on and he doesn't actually suffer from the disorder. It is completely possible that... We are reading way too much into this. Maybe, but I like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like you're the one guy who gives WWE the benefit of <laughs> the doubt. That's something they would script in. That's not something that Randy like. Yeah, but what if Cody was like actually really fucked up from that coast to coast? Well, then the ref would handle it already. It would have been handled already when all the attention. But it's a no from. holds barred match, so the ref can't do anything. But he's not a competitor in the match. Ooh. So he can Ooh. he can he can tell he can tell like like medical to coming down and get him especially since all the attention after that was focused on the leap of faith through the table the ref could easily just like kind of go over and be like throw up the sign and get uh, medical down there no you might actually be right because i didn't i didn't think about it that way maybe it was just my mind was being very gay that evening but i was like <laughs> is randy orton laying the pipe to cody <laughs> because i would too <laughs> i think they're just trying to show it as like a slip of um, the IED character. No, that makes sense. So, um, Jesus Christ, he hits the, like, apron DDT, right? Yeah. To Shane. And I'm like, well, surely, like, I know this isn't a pinning move, but, like, Shane McMahon, non-wrestler for the most part in this time period, yeah. has just fucking died through the table. Surely he's just gonna get a pin off this move to maybe build the strength of the move, maybe yeah. get a near forward mania. No. No, Shane kicks out. But... They get out the tables. Oh, fuck. Well, but then he kicks out yeah. of a superplex through a table. Yeah, so Orton superplexes him through a table. 
Which is also the move that his dad invented. So therefore, Randy is the second best at it (laughs) ever. So he kicks out. And then it's kind of weird because he kicks out of the superplex. But then they kind of like push each other around as they're getting up. And then there's just an RKO. Well, like, but like Orton like goes, like there's the bit where he goes for a punt. Well, he's looking at it and Shane hits him with a spear. Yeah. No, it was a tackle. uh, It was a fucking... They, they like, they're like, oh, that's Edge's finisher. Well, then don't have Shane do a spear. Have him do a clothesline <laughs> or some shit. But, like, so he does that, and then he just grabs the chair and just starts hitting Randy's foot with it. Yeah. Which is kind of good storytelling, because, you know, like, Shane is going for the punt, gets hit with the arcade, which is a great fucking spot, where yeah. Shane's like, I'm going to punt you. Oh, no, wait, actually, I'm shit. I'm dead now. <laughs> and then, so... Orton wins and he's just there like staring at him but he's limping and yeah. so the commentary plays it off like if his foot wasn't fucked he'd be doing the punt right now yeah, that's and, but then it's built into the IED thing again because yeah. if he actually had IED he would do the punt with no regard for his own well-being exactly because he loses control oh, it's f- so he doesn't he's not actually mentally ill no unlike some people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so what did you think like if this was a great like a uh, you just really, said it was shit before you can't say it's good the first, now <laughs> the first like three or four minutes were like bored me to tears yeah. but like this I'm not I'm not gonna be at the point where it's like this is a great match I thought this was a good like a good no holds barred match for a B pay-per-view yeah what I don't like about it is you have Shane uh, you have Shane yeah last match doesn't do like as far as I know does not do shit after this no you have Randy Orton who is a heel challenger, which is quite rare, and so people are probably of the mind that he's he's probably not going to win. Yeah. You should, to, like, ease that, you should probably have him go into that show as strong as possible, right? Yeah. But in this match, you have Shane going toe-to-toe with him. But I think that works, right? Because they're trying to build up, like, um, a pretty emotional storyline. So what happens is that... Obviously, Vince gets taken out like the patriarch of the McMahons. Um, Randy is this character on the outside trying to bring the whole company down, like he's threatening WrestleMania and all that. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> he takes down the patriarch without much of a fight, obviously, because he's old. And then the only son, right, goes like off to defend the family honor, and Randy takes him down. And so, they're not, they build Randy up because he had a pretty impressive showing, even though Shane's not actually like a wrestler, right? He looked really good in this match. And so, the adopted son, Triple H, then has to go and kind of like fight for the whole company at the biggest show of them all. So it's kind of like a stepping stone sort of thing. Um, and I think it works in the end for Triple H because Triple H, spoiler alert, kind of retains the title. Wait, no, like Triple H wins. That's a spoiler <laughs> for the next three years. <laughs> and so um, it kind of culminates Randy's whole story and then gives everything that Randy's built up and kind of. Triple H gets it all. Because Triple H wins. <laughs> you've, you've somehow managed to explain this effectively, but I'm still pissed off because <laughs> Triple H gets everything in the yes. But, like, I, I'm just saying, wouldn't it have been way more effective, even in building up that story, if Shane maybe gets one or two hope spots, Legacy doesn't interfere... And Randy Orton beats the fuck out of him and then punts him. I think legacy interfering was important to explain Randy's character and also... Because I think legacy interfering and Shane, like, destroying them, right? 
helps build up Shane because he's not a wrestler, but he's had some good moments in his wrestling career. And also I think he gets like a pass because his like abilities can be heightened because of the emotion in the story. So they really build Shane up, like him destroying legacy and then Randy coming in and beating him anyway, even when he was so emotional and Randy was like cold and calculated, I think. You know what? You've, you've bloody convinced me because like, because then at WrestleMania, Randy gets really like emotional because of Triple H's actions in the lead up, like the home invasion and all that shit. And so it kind of like, so this Randy is cold and calculated at no way out. And then at WrestleMania, he goes up even another step. He could beat Shane when he was cold and calculated, but then it turns out that he can't beat Triple H when he is like emotional. But maybe this Randy that was cold and calculated could have beaten Triple H at WrestleMania. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. For the next episode. But who gives a shit? Um, yeah, no, I think you might actually be right. And like, there's also the benefit of hindsight to a certain yeah, extent where, 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 where people at the time hated this because they felt it built up Shane like way too much. Yeah. And then with the benefit of hindsight now, we watch Shane go toe to toe with The Undertaker at WrestleMania in yeah. a Hell in a Cell match, which is... It's, it's probably unfair to be like, this is like way more egregious, so this is... Yeah. looks okay by comparison but it really is like yeah. and like shane being like re- a tough and an emotional situation i can get way behind more than shane is almost about to beat the undertaker at wrestlemania <laughs> yeah which is which was and is dumb as fuck yeah did you get this thing where it was like immediately after randy leaves it's just a straight cut to the ecw title match like there's no transitions or anything like there normally is. It's just a weird, like, cut, and then the ECW title match starts. So what do you mean? Like, like so, so... Randy walks out. Randy walks out, and then it's just like... Bah! Yep. And then it's the ECW title match. Well, what what do they cut to? Uh, like, just, like, Jack Swagger's entrance. Do you reckon it was, like, an ad they cut out, or...? Probably, because they always have ads, right? Like Yeah, yeah, but, like, they Back don't... in the day, like, nowadays, they, like, get one shirt for an extra dollar on the WWE show, but... Yeah. Back in the day, thirty percent off title belts tonight yeah. only. Back in the day, they used to advertise like DVDs that just put out. So you reckon they cut that? I because they didn't cut like the decade of decadence out at the last show. Why would they cut that? Well, why would they it was cut? Probably like a crisp. Oh, probably not a crisp. <laughs> it's a Chris Benoit DVD. No, this the... is a bit of bit. This is like six months past Chris Benoit. This was, was it? It was like two thousand eight. Two thousand seven was Benoit. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe not a Chris Benoit one. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, up next, it's the ECW title match. Jack yeah. Swagger defends his championship against Finley. Finley! Oh, my God. Finley got a pay-per-view match in 2009. He deserves it. You deserve it. <laughs> Finley, with his shit hat, his shit theme, and oh, horn swaddle. I love the hat, because he gave the hat to, like, some kid doing it. Alright, so Jack Swagger came out first, right? Yeah. Which the is... The champion came out first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the, this is what I, I... We discussed this, where it's, like, WWE, they'll either do the champ out first, or the babyface out last. Yeah. So they did babyface last in this point, to prove that the ECW championship is not a real championship. <laughs> and also, to build this up... They broke Jack Swagger's winning streak, they mentioned. Yeah, so On ECW TV, his four-month winning streak was broken by Finley, and now he gets a title match. Yeah. Which, I hate WWE booking. It's always, earn a title match by beating the champion. How about, like, 
don't beat the champion as often, so yeah. like the champion has some semblance well, like of credibility. Every other, like like all right, so I don't know, like MMA, whatever. Obviously, not very apples to oranges sort of thing, mm. but you don't get a title shot after you beat the champion. Once you beat the champion, that's it. You're the champion. And, and obviously that, that doesn't quite work in wrestling because... I don't think there should be non-title matches in wrestling. Really? Yeah. Even for like icing? I feel like... Every- then every belt, or I guess not every belt will be 24-7 because you have no, to not, be in a match. Not 24-7. I just mean like... like every match every should be a title time match. Every the, the champion has like a sing Or... As it, Every time the champion has an applicable match for their title, so obviously not in like a tag team match or anything for a singles title, but every time like a singles champion has a singles sanctioned singles match, the belt should be on. Yeah, the line. but I don't think that'd work because like you need to build up the champion for shows, and the way to do that a lot of the time is have them be less credible opponents, and but then it doesn't make sense to have them defending the belt against less credible opponents. And then, just by that logic, you'll have fucking pay-per-view quality matches on every TV show. Because you'll want to have the champion in action, or the champion at least doing a promo. Oh yeah, the champion can do a promo, like, defend the title against, like... Vladimir Kozlov? Well, they can do, like, an open challenge team or whatever, after they have already stated that the champion will be wrestling some... Well, what they yeah, do... Yeah, but then, but then, like... If you're promoting a championship match for a pay-per-view, yeah. then it just means that if there's a, like, you know, sole chance that match is not going to happen. Well, because- no, but what you do is, like, when you give someone a title shot, you literally give them a title shot. You don't, you give them, you're saying you're wrestling for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. It's not, you're wrestling Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah, but, like, you're you, just but, wrestling for but the But you don't have, like, the champion. You have, like, the matchup card, like, for the promotion because yeah. people aren't just going to tune in for a WWE Championship match exclusively well, no, because, because then Jinder Mahal's reign would have been successful. Yeah, no, but obviously, like, don't abuse the system. Like, if someone's a champion, they're probably always going to. It's like one of those wrestling technicalities, right? Like, you have to hold the tag rope to tag in but no one gives a fuck if you're not actually holding the physically holding the tag rope it's more of like Does tag a, ropes even exist anymore <laughs> it's more of i don't think so since they changed the led ring posts on the old ring posts they used to have them but not on the led i ones, just so. remember as a kid seeing like a really great spot it was i think it was los guerreros in a tag match and eddie was on the apron and he was outstretched a lot and the ref was like hang on why are you so like far that way <laughs> And they looked, and he tied another rope to the tag rope. <laughs> and I'm like, what That's a awesome. useless cheating technique. <laughs> like, it doesn't do shit. But, like, good work, Eddie, good work. But, like, yeah, so it's one of those things where you have to hold on to the tag rope. Could be, you're not actually technically wrestling this person guaranteed, you're just getting a title shot. And most of the time it works out that you are wrestling that person. But sometimes, like, for a specific storyline, you can kind of, like, fuck it around. I get it. But it's, like, I, a little I, more room to move. I get it, but I kind of disagree on the point that, like, it means more regular title matches. And I think, like, I'm, I'm the kind of person where it's, like, you should have a title match on pay-per-view exclusively and then maybe, like, two or three TV shows a year. Well, I don't... No, I disagree. But, but like, you make the title... Like, like, my way of doing this would be don't have the champion lose in singles competition that often because this is just a WWE technique where they're no, like... I think the only time the singles, like a singles champion should lose is when they're losing the title. So you're real old school. I don't know. It's the San Martino days. 
the only once you win a title, the next time you lose, you should lose that title. Um, and I think they could make it work so that kind of because right now, right, the different divisions like the mid card, the Jobber division, the twenty four seven title. Then they don't. All right, before the twenty four seven title. So okay, before that. Yeah. They don't... Like, when's the last time Titus O'Neil got, like, a singles title shot, right? When was the last time Titus O'Neil won a match? Exactly. So, but... If you're having, like, the Intercontinental Champion, right? So, they're defending their title every pay-per-view. Even if it's not televised, it's on the pre-show or whatever. Usually, the mid-card titles get defended every pay-per-view. You could have them... And, obviously, they have, like, non-title matches, like, in between pay-per-views... But if they had title matches between pay-per-views, like two at most, right? Because there are like four shows uh, that they're on between pay-per-views, like give or take, depending on which month it is, etc. Unless we're um, doing the the post first, like the post second brand split pay-per-views yeah. are every two weeks now. Yeah. Um, but you can have one to two title matches that you know the champion's always, like, just about always going to win it. Like, 99.9% of the time... But then why would why would anyone watch them if it's just, like, the champion's definitely Because it, win. like, makes the division feel more fair. Like, Titus O'Neil gets airtime in a title match. You know that he's not going to win, but he's in a title match. I get it, but to me it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, Finley with Hornswoggle. And the build-up to this feud was... That Hornswoggle stole Jack Swagger's title in an act of disrespect. Yeah, it's alright, so alright. Hornswoggle is still being treated as if he's like a six year old by No, the way. literally Matt Stryker refers to him as a child. He's got a full beard. He has tattoos. He's just a little person. <laughs> like <But laughs> he is Finley's son and he is a child. So in K Fabe, Finley has this child who like comes around with him and Hornswoggle has gone and just stolen like, I don't mean, like, taken away from him, as in, he, like, physically... No, taken, he just took it when he wasn't looking, Yeah, physically took the belt and ran off with it, and then... And then Finley comes back and is, and is like, return the belt, young man. And say sorry. And, and then he's like, sorry. And, like, if I was Swagger, I'd do the same thing. Because you are not a child, you are a grown <laughs> adult. Fuck you for taking my title! <laughs> I'd fucking shove you as well! Oh. So he shows him, and Finley's like, not cool, buddy. Don't abuse my... How old are you again? 25? <laughs> oh, <than> that, mate. <laughs> Why are you still living at my house? His house is just under the ring. <laughs> in Little People World. I don't think we'll Finn... We'll get to Little People World soon. Survivor Series 2009. <laughs> it's this goddamn year. <laughs> they oh, did no. Little People World under the and ring. And it built the main event of the show. <laughs> it's so... We're getting. All right, all right. I, I will make, I'll briefly mention now because we'll talk about it a lot. But in like eight episodes time, they do an angle <laughs> where DX need to go and say sorry to Hornswoggle for like wronging him, and to get to Hornswoggle, they crawl under the ring because he lives under the ring. Because he lives under the ring, where apparently there is a whole other universe just filled with people with dwarfism, and they call it Little People World. <laughs> and they go. Not only that, they go to Little People Court where. <laughs> I can only assume Vince McMahon thought it'd be funny to have a judge with dwarfism <laughs> with a little gavel. Like, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this it is, is horrific. This is like, it's a fine line between funny and not funny. <laughs> it is so painfully unfunny and terrible that you cannot help and just 
laugh, and then immediately <laughs> weep with sadness. Like, I mean, because it ends oh with, like, God. Jericho and Big Show having a brawl with the little people. Yeah. That's how the angle ends. And in Jericho's book, he talks about how Vince is laughing, and he's like, <laughs> my dad's probably rolling around in his grave. And Jericho's like, you booked this! You did this! You made your father roll around in his grave! That's the one thing I like. Wrestling isn't as popular today as it was in the 90s. And you kind of want, like, more people into wrestling, more hot crowds, like, back when it was in the Attitude Era. You but want then, more casual fans, yeah, sort of thing. But then you're kind of glad that wrestling's a little less mainstream. because if, <laughs> They can just because do shit like that. If, well, not even that. But if, like, wrestling went mainstream and people went on the network and found Little People World, the WWE would be hashtag cancelled straight away. Dude... WWE's done way worse shit. Yeah, than I know, but that's that, Vince McMahon. That would been, make everyone like riot. Dude, Linda let Mc, alone Linda McMahon else. bribed her way into a small business administration position. Oh, no one cares in about the, that though, that's just politics. What do you mean? <laughs> Everything's politics. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I'm not talking about like. Oh, you're just talking about just offensive. Shit. I'm talking shit. about just offensive shit they've done on TV, like Katie Vick. And Trish Stratus barking like a dog. Trish Stratus barking like a dog. Little people world, all that shit. If like wrestling's really like scummy. Yeah. Like, if like wrestling was actually a thing that like the majority of people watched, people would be horrified by some of the, like like most like ninety five percent of it is like fine and cool and like great physical storytelling. And then and it's just the sometimes really fucked up shit. Sometimes they just do some fuck shit <laughs> and then you and then you go even further into the rabbit hole of fuck shit and you just find shit like the bruiser brody story and like the promoter like challenging the guy who ostensibly murdered bruiser brody yeah. to a match and the feud based on a real life murder that he got out of because yeah. puerto rico's fucked like but then that's just not as funny as little people caught <laughs> exactly Alright, so, what do you think of this, like, solid, how long was it? Like, three minutes of chain wrestling? Yeah, something like that. My favorite part of the whole match was when uh, Hornsog was coming to the ring. Actually, this is my two favorite parts. So, (laughs) Hornsog was coming to the ring. Um, Finley's wearing his little hat. He actually gives his hat to a kid. Yeah. The kid marks out, right? So Oh I my... Know, He's the new Bret Hart! Is Finley! The kids mark out when Rey Mysterio gives him them, like, his overmask, right? And, like, puts his head... As we've discussed yeah. before, puts his head to it and just starts shit-talking the kid. <laughs> <laughs> you but little piece of shit. This kid marked out more than any Rey Mysterio kid I've ever seen. Because Finley gave him a green bowler. <laughs> And the the camera, kid was probably Irish. He stays in camera shot for like 15 seconds. And you can see him just like flipping out. It's the funniest thing. And uh, Ma- Match- that's that's kind of adorable though, you have yeah, to admit. Like it it's is. it's like it's weird <laughs> it's to think like about the thing. It's weird to think, but like the worst thing is, like, if we were in that same situation, like even yeah, now we would sure. both mark yeah. I would mark out now for getting yeah. Finley's green bowler. <laughs> Me too. But you think about like all the stuff people throw, like when the rock does the people's elbow, like he throws imagine, the elbow. Imagine Cena catching, even with his cap as well. Yeah, imagine catching like Cena's cap or Rock's like elbow pad or anything like that. And then this kid, <laughs> Bret Hart's glasses, yeah. John Morrison's glasses. John Morrison didn't put those that. on kids. He did. Did he? Yeah. Oh, he went to the kids and like shoved them on. The this kids. is after this because right now he's still a heel. Yeah, but um, yeah. For all, like, the... I love how I go Bret Hart and you go, John Morrison. Well, I just... The Bret Hart's glasses remind me... Because they're basically the same, like, style, except John Morrison's have, like, diamonds embedded into them. And they say Jomo on them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but for all like the ancillary wrestling like apparel that you could get given to you by an actual wrestler, you get Finley's green bowler hat, which I swear he doesn't even wear normally. This is the only time no, I've no, ever no, seen he, him he, come at, to the ring in a bowler hat. At this point, like the last, he did it like on the la- last appearance we had. Like it was during like one of those, um, it's like the tag team match where you was challenging for the tag titles with Hornswoggle that Hawkins and Ryder won. Oh yeah. Like he, this was his thing around that time. He came out okay. with that plastic green. <laughs> it's not a real hat. It's made of plastic. Chicken feed action. <laughs> it is like a chicken feed hat. Like it's like you go to chicken feed. You get like a fake cowboy hat and you spray paint it green. Anyway, oh, yeah. anyway. So my favorite. The other. Hang on. No, I still haven't got to my two favorite. Your two favorite parts. So when they're coming to the ring, Matt Striker continually says. Like, because they're keeping in kayfabe that he's a child. Hornswoggle is a child. He's Matt Striker keeps going, what, what is Finley doing? Bringing his son to the ring. The ring is no place for children. And he, he like, keeps, <laughs> like, yamming on about it. And I'm like, Matt Striker, you get one match of pay-per-view. One ECW match of pay-per-view. Please do not spend it talking about how Hornswoggle is actually a child. Also, I love how in previous episodes you justified this logic through the fact that he's literally a leprechaun. And now they're going... <laughs> No, no, no. He's a child. Yeah. <laughs> but it made a bit of sense before because he had, like, magical qualities about him. Because He, was, he gets like, the magical qualities back later. Yeah, he does. But Learns like, how to speak from Santa Claus. They kind of dump magical qualities out the window and it's like, no, that's an actual child. And everyone's like, it kind. I could kind of suspend my disbelief when you were like, he's a leprechaun, he's kind of magic. <laughs> like, I, I can kind of, like, understand where you're coming from if you want to say, like... I can suspend my disbelief he has magical qualities is the best thing you've ever said to me. I can get where you're coming from. Like, you've kind of had a go at explaining it. But with this time, they dump the qualities. He's like a 25-year-old dwarf. And you're like, I don't have an explanation. That's just a (laughs) six-year-old. Like, they don't... Not even a six-year-old. My... I have seen six-year-olds with more intelligence than Hornswoggle's character. Hornswoggle can't talk! He can't. He goes like, ah. Is it true? He learns how to talk from Santa Claus like five years after this. He stays on TV for another five years. Finley gets released and is now is not a character anymore. Hornswoggle stays. What the fuck? And the other best bit... Is that like, alright, so in kayfabe, it's his son or whatever, you know, he's a young child. Like, they walk to the ring, and Finley starts walking up the steel stairs, and Hornswoggle looks at him confused. And Finley points down at, like, the apron, and Hornswoggle, like, makes her face like, oh, I understand. And, like, sprints and crawls under the ring. <laughs> like, that's where he puts his kid when he goes to wrestling, <laughs> just crawl under there. See, I just love that they're focusing on all this. And Matt Strike's like, no, Finley's the real hill. He's got the shillelagh and his child to use at his advantage. <laughs> and then just very, like, brief second, oh, you know Christian returned the other week on ECW? And I'm like, what? What the fuck is, like, Christian, the guy that people were holding signs for at the Royal Rumble, returned on ECW TV. <laughs> Not in, not interfering in this match. Oh yeah, and that's how Swagger lost his first match to Finlay, which I've already mentioned. He lost his winning streak because Christian's music hit, and he was in a match with Finlay. And then Jack Swagger's like, "Oh my god, Christian's here!" And then Finlay like donked him. No, no, no. The commentary. I remember this because I've seen this a bunch of times. It's I, I think it's Todd Grisham just goes, "Oh man, 
It's Christian. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like... Because, like, literally anyone ever would be like, Oh, fuck, Christian's back, man. Yeah. That's cool. What's he doing? The commentary yeah. for that return is poor. Because they knew what he was going to be doing. <laughs> He's going to be feuding with Ezekiel Jackson, who only, the only guy who likes him is you. This here, what you call domination. domination. It's a combination of skill and concentration. We're about almost two hours in and we haven't fucking gotten... Th- okay, so Jackson... Where is Guyana? Because that's where he's from. And he's the first ever Guyanese... Um, champion? Right, yeah, champion. That's the word. I have no idea what Guyana is. G-U-Y-A-N-A. So it's different it's from wherever. Ghana. Alright, pause for a second. Yeah. Thank you, Lewis from the future, for this fact update. Now let's keep going. I'm going to, like, after the podcast, I'm going to look it up and go back and post and just, like, put my voice in there being like, Kiana is in. Jack's making this up. He's from Washington. Do it again. Uh, Ezekiel Jackson is from Linden in the Cooperative Republic of Guyana, which is a country in South America, which my own cultured ass did not know exist. And to the best of my knowledge, he is the first Guyanese world champion and by world champion i mean ecw world champion which you know not really a world title but uh good on ezekiel jackson and thank you for the fact there jack you are right for the first time in a while good on you <laughs> thank you lewis for this thank you future lewis for this great fact update you piece of shit <laughs> there you go all right so um Hornswoggle, like, does the Deborah Jeff Jarrett thing, where it's just, like, but it's a child, so it's not, like, it's, like, where Deborah would be, like, being all sexy outside the ring, and yeah. Jeff would be, like, stop it, and then get, like, beaten and pinned. Oh, yeah. Well, Hornswoggle's just existing, and Finley's like, what? And then he gets beaten and yeah. pinned. All right, so you've already skipped to the finish. Yeah, That's fuck okay this match. I don't give a shit about this the match. Rest, the rest of the match is pretty average. There is no shillelagh sighting. No, it's, it's in the corner, but, like, he doesn't use it. Mm-mm, the shillelagh is not used at all. So, yeah, basically, Hornswoggle climbs... Zero out of ten, no shillelagh. Out under the ring, you're like, oh, wait, Finley's gonna win the title, and, like, feud with Christian, Christian's gonna, like, do a heel turn, and then... That, I would not pay any money to see. But then again, I wouldn't pay no, any money to see to Jack Swagger <laughs> versus Christian. So, Hornswoggle pops up on the apron, and it's weird, because, like, normally when that happens, it's, like, the heel gets distracted, and the ref gets distracted, and, but... yeah. Like, they get a lot distracted, but this time around, everyone gets, like, half distracted. Like, everyone's still, like, vaguely in the match, but they're like, fuck off, Hansogo! <laughs> and then eventually, Finley's like, just go away. And then Swagger shoves Finley into the ropes adjacent to Hornswoggle. Oh, yeah, and like, he just Hornswoggle just, like, Hornswoggle. and just, like, jumps yeah. off. <laughs> so, like, Hornswoggle could, like, wasn't hit or anything, but he kind of, like, just gets knocked off by the rebound of the ropes, and then gut wrench powerbomb. For the win. This was... What a good finisher. I love that finisher. Uh, we, we've both said that, but how, like, this is the bad thing about a good show like this one, is that the funniest meme thing isn't as, is nowhere near as funny and meme as we're used to with yeah. these shows. Like, there's no Vicky Guerrero talking about Splendor or anything <laughs> like God. All right. So, um, they're doing the dead wrestler voice for Shane McMahon now. Yeah. But Shane McMahon was, uh... Slipping in and out of consciousness. Yeah, he is floating in and out of consciousness. Uh, he is headed to a local medical facility. Trademark. No hospitals. Fuck um, Hospitals trademarked. Along with Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, she's not injured. She's just, like, going to see him. Yeah. Because I've heard this from, like, three different people. Her husband's just won the WWE Championship, but 
Fuck off. Well, like, I've heard this <laughs> from, like, three different people where it's like, if you didn't know that Shane and Stephanie were siblings, you would think they have so much raw sexual chemistry <laughs> That's on so screen. True. I've heard that from, like, three different podcasts, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I watch one segment, I'm like, yeah. ah, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. They are McMahons, after all. Well, up next... After HBK prays backstage, it's JBL versus Shawn Michaels, all or nothing, Can nothing, nothing, nothing. Talk about this stipulation for a second, right? Like, so the advertisement- Well, we'll do this, we'll, like, we'll talk about the stipulation after the promo package okay. finishes. Now. This is not something I want to do. This is something I have to do. Ladies and gentlemen, my newest employee, Shawn Michaels. You hired me to make sure that you were the World Heavyweight Champion going into WrestleMania. Since that time, I've done so many things that I'm not proud of. gesturing for Shawn Michaels to lay down. The heartbreak kid lays down for absolutely nobody. This is not something I want to do. This is something I have to do. I did the most humiliating, shameful thing a competitor can do. I laid down for you. It's gonna be JBL facing John Cena for the World Heavyweight Championship at the Royal Rumble. A bookman knocked down center of the ring. What in the world is Shawn Michaels gonna do? firsthand what a broken battered old man her husband has become it's all or nothing talk let's talk about the yeah. stipulation uh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically obviously for like the backstory like you probably just heard in the segment but uh hbk 
has been like working for JBL. also we've covered it on the podcast yeah we covered like a year ago <laughs> no that episode's going up like today oh all right well i'm gonna cover it for myself just to remember just to remember um, for yourself so hbk went poor in the gfc uh working for jbl jbl's making him do a bunch of shit sean isn't actually that good at his job um no so and, why is jbl employing him and so this match it's culminated in like an all or nothing either i give you all the money you're owed which apparently must be like a lot of money because they say during the match it's enough to pay off Sean's debt and all his family and friends' debt. So like, and his church's debt and like yeah. how much money was JBL gonna pay Sean? Because that's like a lot of money for like well, it's it's like a lot like of it's a lot of money, but he was but millions he millions of dollars. It's a lot of money, but he had him under contract for like fifty years. Yeah, right. So he's either gonna get paid all the money he's owed, or he's going to get put into like. A lifetime contract. They they use the term indentured servitude. Or they like is striker commentating this match because I feel no like no no that. striker is not commentating this <laughs> they match. Use, I wish they don't officially use that, but one of the commentators. Um, I think it was Cole. Yeah, because it's Cole like and Cole's Lord. not smart enough to say that. Cole's smart. Do you think Jerry Lawler could come up with the term indentured no, servitude? I know it wasn't Lawler, but it was um, Cole. I feel like Matt Stryker should commentate every match. Fuck, I miss Matt Stryker. Everyone missed... This is why... This is the main reason I ended up watching a bit of Lucha Underground. Is oh, is he on Lucha Underground? Yeah, he's the commentator for that. Oh, is he? I mean, Lucha Underground doesn't exist anymore. Oh, but, wow. like, it was good. What's Matt Stryker doing now? Uh, Triple A. Is that good? Uh, it's, it. it's fucking hilarious. Can I watch it just for Matt Stryker? Yeah. Do you like, Triple A's, like, the the famous bit where... Ken last... Velasquez was just in Triple Yeah, yeah. But, like, last year at Triple Mania, Vampiro was on commentary and he farted really loud <laughs> and it got picked up. And also, he was supposed to interfere in a match, but his mute... Vampiro, who was on commentary, was supposed to interfere, yeah. but his music was supposed to hit beforehand. And the cue for him to interfere was there, but his music didn't hit. So he's just standing there on commentary going... Like, live mic going, play my fucking music, play my fucking music right now. <laughs> and Matt Stryker's just there trying to justify being like, he wants the psychology of his music playing. <laughs> How have you not seen this? This was no, a very famous it. botch when it happened. Oh, no, it was great. This is like it. a year ago. Um, Alright. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, basically, either the contract gets extended to life or the contract is ended right now and is fully paid out. And I'm like, I look, I look at this and I'm like... Like, I understand, like, heavy stipulations, like, all or nothing, like, even going back to, like, classic, like, old-school wrestling, like, Lucha, do, like, mask versus mask, mask versus hair, and that Mm. sort of thing. But when you do a stipulation, like, you're going to be, like, effectively my slave forever, like, I wonder who's going to win that match. Shit. Well, like, (laughs) here's the thing. I thought it was unrealistic, too. And then I did some research on the Machinima Network when they existed, and they actually had people in lifetime contracts. And I'm like, well... Yeah, but I know, but in, like, wrestling, Shawn Michaels isn't going to be JBL's, like, lackey forever, right? Well, yeah, but, like... Like, it's obvious that Shawn's going to win this, like, as soon as the stipulation... Doesn't make it... Just because a result is obvious doesn't mean the match sucks. This match sucked. What? Fuck you! This match was amazing! This match was, like, the payoff for a really good feud... Dude, I loved this match. I don't think this match is that good. Dude, I'm just... I'm straight up, like, this match, to this me... This feud deserved a better payoff. This was, like... an obvious result on a pretty bad match. Dude, this was my second favourite match on the fucking card. And this is, no like... Way. This is, like, one of the better matches. Like, but, I mean, this is the best JBL match. I know you're a big mark for the parking lot brawl, but, like... 
this match was. Do you, do you want to just go through it? Like, oh, you can take it away if you. I like I certainly much. will. Well, first of all, Sean's wife is at ringside, and Jerry Law is trying his best to not be a pervert. <laughs> He's just like she's a very pretty woman. And then I'm just like, why did you have to say that, Jerry? That's fucking weird, dude. This match goes for 13 minutes. It's the second shortest match on the whole card. Yeah, I don't want an ECW match. I, I never thought I'd want a JBL match over 10 minutes, but this 13 minutes does it for me. I don't think this match was... Dude, it's fucking great. Like, I think this match was better than... I think it was for sure better than the ECW match and maybe better than the first Elimination Chamber match, but that's it. Those are like the only matches on the card. Oh no, alright, so the matches on the card are the ECW match, the No Holds Barred match, this match, and the Tour Elimination uh, Chamber. I liked this more than... Maybe it's just because I was really... Did you like this more than the No Holds Barred match? Yeah. No, no. I did. No. Dude, he kicks out... Okay, Sean kicks out of two clotheslines from hell. That's and- another thing I have an issue with. The clothesline from hell is just a clothesline that people sell more. And, especially with Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels sells regular clotheslines like he sells the clothesline from hell. Okay, you may have found an issue with JBL's, <laughs> like, moveset. His like, finisher is horrifically bad. I, it's like having an arm bringer as your, like, submission finisher. I, I would like it if, you know, in every other match people didn't do, like, big clotheslines for, like, near falls, you know? Yeah. But then again, he doesn't finish Sean with this. He, like, kicks out of two of them. Like, it's great. Well, yeah, but it's his finisher. If he was going to win this match, he would have won with... Well, maybe he can do a Canadian Destroyer. Like, no, fuck if it. if JBL was going to win this match, he would have pinned Sean with a clothesline from hell. What about three clothesline from hells? You reckon he would have gotten through with three clothesline <laughs> I reckon, because it's a fucking regular clothesline from <sighs> JBL. Dude, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I can't help but just completely disagree with you, because this match, to me, was fucking great. Like, they go to... They brawl to the outside... And, like, JBL's trying to get Sean disqualified, which is, like, I normally yeah. dislike, but JBL does it in such a shitty way where he goes to the outside, grabs a chair, and just gives it to Sean. <laughs> and just like, fuck you, hit me with it. <laughs> like, as opposed to, like, the general, like, long-winded insult things and then you get yeah. hit in the balls. Like, he's just like, hit me with a chair. Like, low-effort shit. Like, look, I don't think this match is, a, like, is bad. I just don't think it's as good as the other ones on this card. But then, but then JBL get punched in the face by a Sean's wife, Rebecca. Yeah, I don't like that. What? I mean, it probably should have been a DQ, but like... Yeah, exactly. Like, he got hit by an outside thing. Honestly... The was watching. Maybe I was just really invested in this storyline. The storyline is really good. It just deserves a much better match than this. Well, it's JBL. What were you expecting? Especially this is JBL's last, like, actual pay-per-view match. Which I never thought I'd say this. But I am sad that JBL is leaving next month. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like, this is his, this is his, like, payoff match, right? This is the final, like, long feud that he's involved in, like, really emotional and stuff. And they wrap up in 13 minutes and he gets fucked. Yeah, but, like, I'm fine with that. Because that, that suits it perfectly well. And it's not like it's... I know, like, heel, and it's, and it's not heels just, want to go out on their back kicking and screaming or whatever, but I just... It's it's not like it's... it's the not, match isn't that good. But it's not like it's just J... Like, JBL beats the shit out of Sean with this, like, quick flurry of offense in, like, this JBL way. As quick as JBL can you, be. Michael Cole? <laughs> but, like, like, to me it was just the... Like, obviously, it was no, like, five-star match of the year candidate, but I just really enjoyed it because it was this... 
there was a clear line and it's very rare you go into a wrestling match where you're like, I absolutely hate the heel and I love the baby face and the crowd completely agrees with you. Like, I think they just needed a little more time to like set more stuff up. I think I he, don't think JBL could have like his back was fucked at this point. Like, do you think he could have done more time? Yeah, for one match for sure. I <sighs> think you cut the. But he's kind of lazy, isn't he? I think you cut the ECW title match because it didn't actually advance any storylines. Because the storyline going to WrestleMania is Christian versus Jack Swagger. Christian does not appear in this pay per view. I mean, they don't have a match at Mania either. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, like that's the storyline heading into that time period. Um, you cut that and you give like these guys like 20 minutes. I think they can do more with that. All right. Well, uh, Sean wins with the super kick and he is free from his contract as Jack predicted. He won a million dollars betting on this match. Uh, yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. All right. And I, I just said, this is JBL's best match. Like, I know you love the parking lot brawl, but like parking lot brawl was, I'm not even like a mark for the parking lot brawl. I just think this match was worse than that. Mm-hmm. Well, as friends can do, we can disagree. Yeah. And one day I will murder you in your sleep. Good stuff. All right. Just don't wake me up first. <laughs> wake me up inside. Well, up next, uh, Todd Grisham is with Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Todd Grisham, boys. And Chris is just kind of grumpy, isn't he? Yeah, he's just generally in a bad mood. Not really saying much. He's, he's not really... Well, he's, he says that he's the best in the world. Oh no! But he does this great bit where he's like, "I'm gonna win the world. I'm gonna win the world heavyweight title, and I'm gonna challenge Ric Flair to come out of retirement yeah. at WrestleMania." And then he's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna Psych. do that." <laughs> Fuck you, Ric Flair! I just wanted to get your hopes up. <laughs> Shut up! I thought that was good. And then immediately afterwards, like after they plugged the Saliva album, Jerry asks why Edge hasn't jumped off the Seattle Space Needle, <laughs> and I was like, "What the?" <laughs> Fuck Jerry! Holy shit, that was so good. No, that was really yeah. fucked up, man. Like, because oh. they they showed the Seattle Space Needle after the farmers market and shit, <laughs> and then Jerry's like, "Oh, I wonder why Edge hasn't fucking killed himself yet. <laughs> why hasn't Edge thrown fish yet? <laughs> he needs to relieve his stress that way." Jesus Christ. Well, uh, up next it is our main event: the World Heavyweight Title Elimination Chamber. John Cena defends against. Mike Knox, Ugh. Kane with zero cum sacks in his possession, <laughs> Kofi Kingston, wait, no, holy shit, it's not Kofi Kingston, is it? It is. Versus Rey Mysterio versus Chris Jericho. No. But what happens when Kofi comes out there? Can we talk about how people qualified for this match first? No, I don't. Well, you can. I didn't do I any can. fucking research. So... What? How did these cunts qualify? Mike Knox won a battle royal, didn't he? he Mike Knox... Qualified for this match. <laughs> Mike Knox qualified for this match by winning a battle royal on a dark show. <laughs> when was the... like? What I do you, don't know when the dark show was. Like, it just says dark. So, this, is, this has to be a Rio de Janeiro type of situation. Where they're like, we're not putting Mike Knox in a win on TV, but we want him in this match. Yeah. So this he won a six-man battle royal at a live event. Uh, oh, I've got the date. February 2nd, 2009. A six-man battle royal? Yeah, a six-man battle That's royal. That's not a real battle. That's <laughs> six people. You need at least, like, ten people to have, like, a legitimate battle royal, right? Yeah, you do. 
Um, Alright, who else? Anyways, so that's bullshit. That's how he qualified. And then... I thought it was going to be on like a SmackDown or something at least. Kofi qualified. So they had a bunch of qualifying matches. Kofi qualified by beating Kane. And then Kane's Kane in the is match? in the match because Kane was announced as the final participant by Steph. <laughs> because she got Kane to convince The Undertaker to face Randy in a match on a random Raw... And so for Kane convincing Undertaker to fight Randy, she let him be in the Elimination Chamber. Oh my fucking like, god. what? That's, that's pretty clusterfucky. Yeah, so that's how... Why did anyone others, need to qualify? Just, just be like the top five contenders. Like, there you go. Well, like, Kofi beat Kane, Ray beat uh, Regal, and Chris Jericho beat CM Punk. Oh, I was gonna ask, where the fuck is CM Punk? Isn't he still the IC champ? Yeah, but there's only... Five matches on this card. Jesus, there Christ. shouldn't be only four, but yeah, no, the ECW title match did not need to happen. It definitely did not need to happen. So that's how they qualified, which is hilarious to me. I just like that Kane didn't actually qualify; he lost his qualifying match, and Mike Knox won a six-man battle royal on a dark show. Oh my fucking god! See, I was just like, Mike Knox is great, but you know, like you could. Why didn't you just give him a battle royal on SmackDown? <laughs> You have enough jobbers on your fucking roster. Like, you still have Hawkins and Ryder under contract. Like, yeah. just have, like, a 15-man battle royal full of job guys on a SmackDown and Mike Knox eliminates all of them. And then you're like, oh, shit, Mike Knox looks kind of cool. No, what? have him win a fucking house show match. battle royale. With six people. <laughs> That's not a bad... Oh. Anyway. All right, Cena comes in. Uh, he doesn't get booed too hard, but... As, John Cena. as as Matt Stryker would say, uh, what I love about Jack Swagger is he actually wears his belt. John Cena, however, does not wear his belt. <laughs> he just kind of holds it. Oh my god, Matt Stryker. So, uh, starting off was uh, Chris and Rey Mysterio, which foreshadowing because they feud later this year, and apparently, it's, from what I understand, it's like one of the better like mid card feuds in Chris yeah, Jericho's career. Um, they took spoiler alert. They chucked the IC title around between them. It's good stuff. That's pretty good. Well, I also, mean, yeah. I think Chris Jericho has the record for IC title reigns. Yeah, he's like um, nine. Be- just because I think they swap it around like four times in this particular feud. We'll see if you're exaggerating. Maybe three times. I'm probably exaggerating with four, but I think I'm on with three. All right, all right, maybe. All right. So the only thing that really happens that's like because it's just good action, but then fucking Ray charges into the corner. And just, like, goes through the corner when Jericho avoids it and just smacks his fucking head on the pod. Wait, can we please talk about the entrances? No, not the entrances, but, like, Kofi Kingston does not take part in this match. Oh, yeah, I thought, okay. I didn't mean, like, the entrances, entrances. I meant, like, Kofi Kingston is in Okay, 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 we'll cover that bit first. SOS, they hear me shout it. Oh, no, I'm dead. Boom. Um, Fucking hell. So he comes down, he's dancing or whatever, and then... The ultimate opportunist, Edge! I did not see... I genuinely did not see this coming. Didn't you know this happened? Either I knew it happened at some point and I forgot, or... Because I've never seen this show. And, like, I knew that Edge ended up, like, in the title match, but I didn't... I didn't know this happened. Yeah. And I got swerved so fucking hard. Did you actually get swerved? Yes, I am serious. (laughs) He fucking gets him from behind... 
and then steel stair steel steps like yeah. concertos him. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. And this is like when I'm throw- we'll, we'll throw back to the segment with Vicky and Edge, where she's like, "You lost. You've got to do something about it." He like you see the gears ticking. This is what he does. He's like. Alright, I lost. I've got to do something about it. I've got to make my way into the next title match. And so he picks the weakest target, even though I feel like Ray would be the weakest target. Just because he's the smallest. Yeah. Um, but he, like, picks... But Kofi's, at this point, is the most jobbiest. Yeah, picks Kofi out and, like, yeets him into the still steps. Which I think is cool. And so it's funny, right? Because, um... It's Edge, like, funny? Well, like, what Edge's actions afterwards are funny because he like throws him this to a step. Oh yeah, and he just runs <laughs> into the ring and then locks himself in a pod. And all the rest are like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Lock it, lock it." And then they're trying to like open the door. Yeah, and he's like, like, "No." It's like a sliding door, and he's like holding the door shut. Ray's trying to open it. Yeah, he's like, "No, fuck off." Ray runs down. Yeah, because Ray's um, best friends with Kofi. For, I, I didn't. I forgot that Ray was in this match, so I thought Ray just out of nowhere just ran down to the ring to like help him out. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wait, raising My zone. fellow small person, what happened to and you? And so the rest kind of just give up and they're like, I guess you're in this Yeah, match. but like, like, the commentators themselves are like, uh, like yelling what I was yelling at the time. Like, this isn't legal. How is this legal? This like, he's a raw superstar. <laughs> Jerry Lawler's biggest concern is that, sma- uh, that, um, no, he's a SmackDown superstar. Oh, yeah. So he's biggest, a SmackDown his superstar. His biggest concern is that Raw doesn't have a world title anymore. Not that this man is, like, <laughs> not that Kofi is concussed as fuck. The fact that, like, what if he wins? We don't have a Raw title, huh? Like, and so, after a while, the refs just kind of give up and, like... They give up. Cool. Guess you're in the match. This is one of, like, all right. Everyone has a few things they're passionate about in the wrestling world that you don't actually have to be passionate about. They're just dumb. This is something I'm passionate about. This match, Edge's participation in this match, sets a really dangerous <laughs> precedent for every other match going forward. Because you can just attack whoever you want and be like, no, I'm in the ring. It's, I'm in the match now. Like, yeah, but they, they do that. They do that with the Rumble all the time, though. They do it with like the most Rumble. Years. But this is like a regular match. Like, what if. It's the, an Elimination Chamber match. What like, if you the, can't lock yourself in a pod in a singles match. You can stay there until the match happens. Like, yeah, if, but like you'll get ejected the, by the refs. The two hundred five. Yeah, but like, why didn't they just eject? Because he looked. Because they couldn't. He was so strong. He <laughs> uh, was holding yeah, the pod seems, close. Seems legit. No, what if a two hundred five live championship match is happening, and then Big Show's just like, no, I want to be the two hundred five live champion. Walks down there, yeets one of them, and then pins the other. Well, Jack, I think that's just silly. I think this is just silly. I, I fucking like loved this. This is a really dangerous precedent to set, and I'm glad that they didn't continue doing this, but even in kayfabe. Like, well, in kayfabe, it's no- also like, because he's married to like the general manager, and she, like, even though it's different... Didn't, she didn't come down and say it was okay. The rest no, 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 like, but like, because she's like, in, in kayfabe, she's sort of like an executive at the company in some format, because general managers have some sort of say. Then she's probably like, good at like convincing them for this title match to stick maybe she's on the headsets and then obviously like vince mcmahon is in hospital stephanie mcmahon isn't there shane mcmahon is fucking dead what about teddy long teddy huh? long's the ecw general manager at this point he doesn't mean shit yeah but teddy long's there teddy long's just like well as long as this doesn't affect the new superstar <laughs> initiative we made stars like yoshi tatsu I mean, jack swagger jack swagger sheamus Sheamus. One wins the WWE title. And one is Jack Swagger. <laughs> and one... Wins the World Heavyweight Championship. But one of them was Yoshitatsu. 
You, you, like, Yoshitatsu I, won the WrestleMania Battle Royale. And WrestleMania 26 on the DVD bonus The disc. Poison Fist of the Pacific Star. <laughs> Sing his theme song, Louis. Not it's just like I'm generic gonna... techno music. Alright, I'm gonna play this song now to see how wrong Jack was. Here it is. It's more of a. That's more CM Punk song, isn't it? I fucking love CM Punk song. You've mentioned. We've both mentioned this a few yeah. times. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so Edge is in this match, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, Ray and Chris do some great back and forth. And they really do. Uh, it's real, like, it's genuinely like you just watch it, but then Kane comes in. Yeah, Kane enters at number three. Like, they do the do, 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 do thing with the overhead camera. Well, obviously. I'm like, it's either going to be Kane or Mike Knox, because it's not going to be Cena or Edge. What about Mike Knox? No, it's Kane. But, like, Kane comes in, but, like, he also, like, he beats up everyone, but he stares down Edge in the pod in a throwback to the other completely abhorrent feud that happened in wrestling. You remember the you remember the Kane Edge feud? Remember all Kane and Lita's romance? Maybe. Remember how I'm just not gonna talk about it on the podcast because it's genuinely fucked up? And if you I wanna feel like go- you should talk about it. Oh okay, so it was implied that so it it was basically implied that Kane sexually assaulted Lita. Yeah. Which first of all don't do that. Don't have that storyline. It's bad. Yeah. So, but then, the, like, Matt eventually leaves because, like, the whole Edge leader thing was going yeah. on in real life at that point. And so then, it's, like, leader starts caring about Kane, and she's pregnant, but then she has a miscarriage because of Snitsky, and as far as we can tell, it was not, not his fault. my fault. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> So the miscarriage happens, but they still go through with the wedding. And I feel like I'm describing days of our lives right now. <laughs> this is just wrestling, bro. Okay. And so they go through with the wedding and stuff. But then she betrays him and joins Edge and he's heartbroken. And this almost distracts you from the fact that at the beginning of this story, Kane was a rapist. <laughs> and now you're supposed oh to feel God. bad it's for him because so she, she left him for Edge? And then she participates a while after in like a live sex celebration with Edge. That was a while later. That was a while later. That's still that's the a, same person. Lo- a lot less problematic, I would say, because oh, no, no. it was consensual. I'm not saying that's problematic. I'm just saying she's had a wild ride in terms of um, her partners. I am amazed she ever came back to like do anything with WWE yeah. after the storylines they gave that <laughs> poor, poor woman. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Kayfabe, remember, Kane uh, had a sack with Rey Mysterio's mask in it, and in Kayfabe, Kayfabe, he's also a big creepy rapist. Yeah. Are we going to cut all this? <laughs> We're just talking about wrestling, man. It's just wrestling, bro. It was, I'd say that's probably like, is that more fucked up, or is the Katie Vick story? Katie Vick's way more fucked up, because she's uh, dead. Yeah, but like, at least in that storyline... Kane like no, didn't but, actually like no, commit necrophilia in, in this story in the like Kane no but in this storyline it's like implied right in well like in the Katie Vick storyline well no it wasn't the, implied it was just straight up like I'll I'll like 
please stop hurting Matt Hardy and you can do whatever you want to me and Kane's just there making a creepy face and then she's pregnant. That's implied. Yeah, but that's still rape. That's implied rape. It's implied, right? But in the Katie Vick one... Triple H actually goes and violates yeah, a corpse was, on camera. But it was a, obviously a mannequin. It obviously, was clearly, clearly... I've seen a real corpse. It's a prank, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the Triple H necrophilia <laughs> prank. No, I think that the... They're both fucked, but I think the Katie Vick one was worse. Alright. Because you actually, like, see all the shit going down. I, I do love how we're, we're in a discussion about... What's worse in terms of storytelling? The rape one or the necrophilia one? <laughs> Wrestling is fucking Terrible. real bad a lot of the time. Actually, this is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, it's like, just that 5% re- wrestling, that's really please, fucked up. Wrestling, don't go mainstream, bro. <laughs> Never go mainstream. Alright, so uh, Kane enters, um, uh, fucks everyone up, and then... The best part about it was that, you know, Ray hits a fucking diving senton from yeah, the top of the pod. That was dope. And eliminates Kane by pin, avenging the time that... I, I can't stress this enough. Kane put Ray's mask in a cum sack. So, <laughs> Ray wins this feud that stopped and started a bunch of times. The underdog has the next man in. I have written here, Mike Knox enters, but sadly, he doesn't enter me. <laughs> Aggressive. I like Mike Knox, you know? He's good. But he's, he, he's not good at wrestling, but he's a very attractive man. He's the next man in. He's also the next man out, unfortunately. Why do all of my boys just get shit on? Like, Mike Knox, I think the Brian Kendrick made his last appearance. Like, Yeah, a bit ago. Uh, so, so how Jericho, does Mike Knox get, like, almost immediately eliminated? Uh, Chris Jericho hits a codebreaker. And then he's done. He's done. Eliminated by heel, no less. Like, yeah. In, out. Mm. I mean, you're describing the dream I had about Mike Knox last <laughs> night. But, you know. Uh, this is, unfortunately, Mike Knox's... I believe it may have been his first and last appearance on the podcast. Yeah. But it is the main event of a pay-per-view. That's main a event, appearance. And it's his last one. Yeah. But I he, mean, at the very least, Mike it's his Knox, last main event man, ever. Main evented a pay-per-view. Yeah, but no, that's, that's so decent. did Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, but Lawrence Taylor was like cool outside of wrestling. Alright, I'm trying to think of people who main evented pay per view. Santino Morella main, main evented an elimination chamber. Yeah, he did, and he almost won that too. It was great. We'll get to that in like five years. Alright, All right, uh, so Edge comes in. He does. And Ray beats him up for, again, like, it's only, like, maybe it's been justified on TV, but like, all of a sudden, like, Kofi was buddies with CM Punk for ages, and they're like, Kofi's... Well, they were together. Yeah, and now they're just like, Kofi's a real good friend of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> All the faces are just, like, good friends. Yeah, but clearly CM Punk doesn't like anyone, even yeah, though he's a face. Clearly. So, great... The I mean, the best, the best part about this is they do a Tower of Doom back yeah, superplex to Rey. <laughs> like, Rey gets the fucking brunt of it 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 was like because i was like they're all heading to the top and i'm like well clearly they're just gonna do a tower of doom so tower of doom back superplex is the craziest shit that was a six spot and i'm like man it's weird how ray's injury prone Uh, i've had surgery five times in my left knee we're just waiting for seven neck surgeries aren't we (laughs) jesus all right um up next john cena enters too much frappadoo i fucking love john cena you're the one 
over like nine years old, aren't yeah, you? Well, like I like Cena obviously like was on top for way too long, but this isn't the period where he was. It was like yeah, in a couple 20, of years. 2010, 2011, yeah. 2012. Especially in 2011. Oh, 2011 was real dire until... Because, like... That, and, and until, some people started, like, screaming for a Cena heel turn. And he, they almost did it as well. Yeah. But, like, nah. They go, but, like, now, right now, in 2019 WWE, I, I do miss John Cena. Yeah. Me too. We all do. All right, well, John Cena. What, what happens to John Cena, buddy? Um, he kind of gets... Coke break it. He gets... No, no, no. He... He goes... So he goes for the five knuckle... Do you want me to edit out your just massive burp? I'm definitely not going to do it now. Start it again. What happens to John Cena? So he does the five knuckle shuffled edge and goes for the still FU, I think. Cops a code breaker. There's definitely an AA at this point. All right. Goes for the AA. Cops a fucking code breaker while he's in it. And then goes into the ropes completely unnaturally. <laughs> Ray hits him with the 619 and then Edge just fucking spears him. And Edge pins John Cena. And he was in there for like two minutes. He was. The champion. And it only took three finishes. It's the same thing that happened to Big Show. They're both trying to work them up to the same WrestleMania match. I know, but that... that it was kind of look strong. But what a great spot was that, like, triple finisher. Yeah. Like, that was I do some, like triple finishes. That was some good shit. Um, and then Ray sets up both Edge and Jericho for this the 619. Yeah, yeah. Edge avoids it, but... Edge, you know, like, yeets himself away in the last second. But he still gets fucked up by Ray yeah. as well. And then... Uh, so Jericho gets hit with a 619. Mm. Well, it's like Ray gets caught in the walls, but and then the leverage pin from Ray. Yeah. One, two, three... Ray eliminates Jericho. The final two. Surely, who's who's going to win, Jack? Ray or Edge? Kind of a bummer, but of course. But, like, this this sequence was also it really was. good. It was. a good was, sequence. I mean, my favorite part about it was um, the bit where Ray cops a big boot and tumbles to the outside, like, to the steel. You can audibly hear this redneck fan in the front row going, <laughs> Where's Kofi? Where's Kofi? <laughs> I'm like, did you not? He's dead. <laughs> he died. He died. No never, more. never mind. 2019. <laughs> like he's dead. Arrested for. That's the thing. Like with the hindsight of him being like a current world champion, I'm like, cool. Cool. Well, I mean, it's it's really he funny. Could have won the title like eight years ago. Because I think at that. some point in the last podcast, we mentioned Kofi Kingston in the context of never having won a yeah, world title. Yeah, the underrated guy who'd never won a title. And then now he's the yeah. WWE champion. Let's date... The, the, yeah. This episode will come out another 12 months, right? Uh, no, this weekend, mate. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Yeah, no, I will. Alright. Like, there's not much you can say about the sequence. I mean, Ray is just doing, like great moves for like he, he gets like two two like like some just great two point yeah, nine and nine 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 counts and he gets yeah. like three of those in a row the nine one six as jerry oh, he does like a he does like a six one nine to the outside and edge's head and like jerry's immediately like oh nine one six <laughs> and then and Mike, cole like my like, cole's just like oh on. that's really clever jerry <laughs> That's, uh, what, what did you call it there, Jerry? The, uh, the 916? You're such a <laughs> clever man. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Ray, this uh... This match, uh, ends. Yeah, Ray charges into the fucking, like, just charges at him into the pod. Gets fucking head first onto the pod. Thrown back in. Hits with the spear. One, two, three. 
the ultimate <laughs> opportunist <laughs> has struck again. The rated R superstar. Gets Mike in there. Edge is the new world heavyweight champion. He loses the WWE title, becomes world heavyweight champion. So, so, absolutely history made here tonight. You truly never, ever know what's going to happen next in the WWE. So, this is, so Edge is the world champion. I guess it. That's the way it seems right now. So what, what, what is wrong? I can't answer that question. But it looks like Edge is looking. It looks like Edge is going to WrestleMania one way or the other as champion. So Edge is now an Edge is now an eight-time world champion. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there indeed was a way out of the chamber with a world title for Edge. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Good night. This was hype as fuck. That was very hype. Oh, very shit. good job, WWE. Again, like, I, I cannot... This pay-per-view was a good one. Like, okay, so this match and this pay-per-view... I mean, if it weren't for this match, like... I don't know if I would have loved the pay-per-view as much, but it was still... Oh, yeah, this was definitely the match of the night. Oh, yeah. Sorry, match or moment of the night. Obviously, this is our match of the night. This is our match of the night. Um, Moment of the night, my friend. Moment of the night. I... I know it's kind of a meme, but I liked uh, Shane's coast-to-coast on Cody. I think that was really hype. It was it was pretty high. And there were like more high impact moves, but I feel like the way the way it was sold, that was good. Alright. As long as you don't make fun of me, because my moment of the night is when Shawn Michaels wins and he goes to ringside and he immediately just like tongues his wife. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> no, but like again, like obviously it wasn't the match of the night, but like I felt like that JBL Shawn match, as much as like it wasn't like a great match, I thought it was great culmination to that feud that I originally thought was hilariously bad and now I've just done a Wayne Eddie and I'm like I don't want JBL to leave yeah you're still a piece of shit person probably <laughs> but like I don't want you to leave JBL yeah alright so uh definitely check this show out even if just for the main event like this was a good one a lot of it was good not a lot of memey shit either some of the early stuff is very skippable mm. but I would not be against you just like watching the whole thing through it's only it's yeah. less than three hours yeah yeah like as long as you're not watching it on your goddamn mobile phone like that <laughs> was. anyways uh thank you for tuning into the most consistent podcast in australia so consistent just like me <laughs> uh so from lewis i am lewis from jack i am jack peace have a good one peace
I got involved in the demonic atmosphere of drugs.